0: Three hours of conversation cussin' and a dis with America's only born-and-bred Southern liberal talk host. Head On with Bob Kate is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network.
1: Well, howdy. Here we go off and running on this last program before Christmas 2023. It's the 22nd day of December. We got about a minute or so more daylight today, so you can tell I'm already feeling more chipper. Yes. Hi, I'm Robin, and uh, it's Friday on the front porch, so in about an hour's time, we'll go over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree that we sublet from the Keebler Elves and wherein we gather around the Extraordinary Ordinary round table to discuss the issues of the week, and, well, I think uh, there are several potential candidates there, absolutely. Of course, uh, if you're listening live, feel free to bebop over to headon.live and uh, click on chat room and uh, join in the merry, Wackies zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza. There's the horn chat room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it happens to be when you're listening to the podcast. If you pop into the aforementioned Merry Wacky Zany, you'll be greeted by Anatole and Squeaky and Theo, all the early arrivers. Hey, gang. And uh, if you're listening to the podcast, do please like it. If you haven't subscribed, do please. And uh, leave a comment. Even if it's, Hey, Robin, Blondie, You uploaded the wrong audio file, because I did that last night. Oops. But I corrected it, and so hopefully uh, the confusion that that occasioned has been alleviated. Every program here at The Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. We always thank our PayPal subscribers and other contributors who have come in overnight between one broadcast and, and and the next and so thank you to each and every one of you who helps keep this program on the air this little non-commercial non-capitalist not driven by a fierce hunger for profit um, attempt at liberal independent progressive broadcasting mm-hmm. thank you Colin thank you so much and thank you to Felicia, formerly of Nebraska, now in the greater San Diego area. Thank you both for being partial sponsors of the program. Uh, we are at one thousand seven hundred and eight dollars in our attempt to uh, in, in in our attempt to uh, get fully funded through this far into December. There are less than ten days left of two thousand twenty-three now, and so. Uh, well, let's see, $1,708, that's uh, all of this week, plus $208 of f- last Friday on the front porch. There is good news, however, because I had a note earlier today from Kat, who just really knocked my socks off with the Koneka turkey and the Koneka ham. They're thawing in the fridge. Hey, okay. I can't wait to get them started. Um This show only, Cat writes, double your money today. Any donation during this show only will be met by me up to $200 because George Santos Claus... Oh, really, Cat? Told me so. Ho, ho, ho. Keep Robin on the air. Good luck. Try to be here for you from time to time. Oh, Cat, you are, and you are wonderful. And Ralph's is always there for you. So many, so many are. I could I could start rattling off names and probably spend the next three hours uh, just uh, that's why I try to say thank you every day and during the show because you are a wonderful, we are a wonderful community. and you make it all possible. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Cherish your friends, Cat says. <sighs> indeed, indeed. And this is a time for cherishing, because not to get maudlin or anything, uh, something about the, the waning of the light and the return of the light and the end of the ca- calendar year, it's all so metaphysical, but it's hard not to look back. Maybe Dickens started all of that with a Christmas carol. I... God bless us, everyone. Oh my goodness gracious, Theo! You referred to me as the vivacious Roxanne. Ooh, I feel vivacious just reading the word. Thank you. Oh, so, where do we begin? Um, it may be it may be the Friday before Christmas. And by the way, I will not be here Christmas night. Although I had a note from Malloy, um, you know, Tara and I have filled in for Mike um, Wednesday, Thursday, and today. Mike will be doing a uh, Christmas night broadcast, so make sure you're there for that, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Progressive Voices on TuneIn. Uh, I I will probably be in a turkey coma about this time uh, Monday evening, and I've decided I'm going to make the dressing to go with the turkey and uh, all the yummy stuff, maybe a Ooh. Yeah, well, why, why not? Why not throw just, just throw caution to the wind? Mmm, <sighs> wonderful homemade mashed potatoes. Yum. Yeah, why not? But all that having been said, you know, I can remember a time when things really would slow down a little bit about this time of year. Oh, gosh, it was Christmas of 1987. And I worked Christmas Day at CNN, and honestly, I was I was a little nerve wracked. Like, what in God's name? Because we had we had access to every wire service on planet Earth, and it's like this is going to be fun to put together a five hour uh, five minute radio newscast. It was. It was. It was quiet. Very. But managed to put, you know, a lot of human interest stories and whatnot. Dressing. Damn you, Asa. Dressing. That beautiful smoky bird is not going to be touched by anything stuffing it. Except me stuffing it in my collet. Stuffing. Anyway. That the, 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 the dullness of the season is no longer a thing Mm-mm. because there's always going to be uh, something going on in our dystopia. The attempt to undermine and become utterly rid of anything, any democratic inklings that this country may yet cling to. So uh, I guess we'll begin just by noting that our most puissant dread sovereign, supreme Catholic majesties, uh, or a majority of them, the maggots, decided not to fast track the immunity, uh, the immunity question uh, uh, that Jack Smith had re- requested. <sighs> What, what can you say? It's who they are. Oh, and by the way, yes, so uh, the, the George Santa's Clause challenge is on the table, courtesy of Cat And Ralph's uh, has a $25 challenge for Flatbush's Cat Garfield and his grandson. It's just terribly, terribly sweet. A... Uh, Uh, a little cat who grew up on the streets, hiding under a car. This is from Flatbush Cats. no how sweet. Got caught, brought in, brought in off the streets. and actually met his grandpa Uh, the person who posted it said uh, found this cat outside biting into garbage bags and searching for food he was confused and wary not sure who to trust we've never seen each other before this moment and he doesn't realize it yet but as you will soon see we already have a deep connection and this is Junior's story Junior had a grandpa, and Junior got a forever home. That's beautiful, Ralphs. So we've got a chance to bring our 1708 down to, uh, let's see, uh, four, down by 450 bucks. so that would get all of last Thursday, uh, uh, all of last Friday funded, and get started on last Monday, if it gets bad. Um, Uh, Flavio wants an explanation, damn it. Uh, the SCOTUS decision not to fast-track decision was Univox. What the fuck? Explain that. I, I don't – I mean, there was precedent in as the, 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 much um, circuit, as the Circuit Court of Appeals got skipped in um, back in the 70s in regard to a subpoena for tapes uh, in the possession of Richard Milhouse Pinhead Nixon. I would guess that the distinguishing factor on that is that they want a thorough and complete record made. Not defending them, but I'm just trying to come up with what the rationale is. The order wasn't listed, it's not a decision, the order is not, it doesn't say per curiam, which means by the entire court. It just says the petition for certiorari. Is denied. At least that's the way the order looked that I read. It could have been uh, it could have been six three or five four. I don't know. But it seems rather obvious that they want to see it go through the entire process, whatever the rationale may be. Course, me being me, I think the maggot rationale is to slow this process down as much as possible uh, in order to facilitate a potential return to office for Julius Geezer. And, uh,. Ah. Of course, there's always an expert out there to be had on some outlet who will argue that they know better. Uh, Ellie Honig, who also said that the Colorado Supreme Court decision was just wrong and dumb, um, said that... uh, this makes the march 4th trial date almost impossible to meet uh, it doesn't uh, it, it, it it's not completely out of, out of the possi- out of the realm of possibilities but the uh, dc circuit hears arguments on january the 9th uh Honig blamed the denial on vague generalities. And again the order was one sentence but Eli Hanig I don't know maybe he's got a contact inside the Supreme Court. He never says because we need we need to get that in before the election. The court found that unpersuasive. Is there a subsequent order out? All I saw was one sentence saying, the petition is denied. Seems like anything else is tea leaf reading. By the way, you know that going back to January the 6th, 2021, one of the favorite talking points of... uh, uh, the maggots is that January 6th wasn't really Trump supporters. It was really a bunch of uh, Black Lives Matter protesters in whiteface and Antifa. An NBC News uh, story published today uh, notes that two of the people who were claimed to have been Antifa. Well, they weren't. A man appears in a video who turns out to be William Lewis, aged 57, of Illinois, and he's facing felony charges of assaulting order, uh, officers and civil disorder. NBC News went through his social media history, and uh, uh, no, he's not Antifa, and he's not Black Lives Matter. His entire social media was just uh, a, a slum, a swamp, a stew of hatred for Joe Biden and uh, adoration of Tangerine Tiberius. So, uh, NBC News, basically dug around and found out no the headline reads January 6th rioters the far right claimed were Antifa keep getting unmasked as Trump supporters Ryan Riley the reporter on the case Uh, one January 6th suspected Antifa trying to break windows at the Capitol Uh, the only problem is even as they were hooting, boo, Antifa! No Antifa, no Antifa. Mm, The people they were claiming were Antifa were, (sighs) yeah, maggots. You had uh, uh, Jonathan Munafo, Front Row Joe, William Lewis, Paul Orta, and they were all call, uh, called out as, Antifa! Well, they weren't. They weren't at all. Dreams die hard in Magaland. Meanwhile, Georgia election officials have reached out to the FBI... Oh, oh, oh! Uh, a quick uh, update from yesterday. We talked about John Schneider ruminating on whether or not Joe Biden and Hunter Biden are hung.
2: Hmm.
1: Well, it's interesting that once uh, once news of his tweet got around, suddenly he jumped up back on he jumped back on shit and un unposted deleted his shit. and claimed, I never said I ought to be hung, when, well, we read the tweet here, didn't we? You ought to be hung, and your son, Hunter, hanged, but we did that already. So, he may get a little talking to by the Secret Service? Anyway, what I was going to say is the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is reporting that election board officials in Georgia are requesting the FBI uh, look into a, uh, a a maggot from Tykes' ass. The maggot sent a bunch of emails uh, screeching about uh, investigating the 2020 election in Georgia. Uh, one guy, Kevin Moncla, said, well, There are 19 people whose lives hang in the balance because they knew Georgia's 2020 general election and Senate runoff's results were wrong. Those people were right. You can either properly investigate our complaints and verify the facts, or I will show you publicly in the media. And then Moncla wrote again, You may think that the dog and pony show yesterday concluded the matter. If so, you are sadly mistaken. I urge you to contemplate and reconsider your responsibilities and position, for you are attorneys. I imagine that some of you would like to continue to be. We can address these matters privately or publicly, but make no mistake, they will be addressed. And so the Atlanta Journal-Constitution said it's one of a string of unsubstantiated complaints filed by election conspiracists since Democrat Joe Biden defeated Trump by about 12,000 votes in Georgia's 2020 election. Three vote counts confirm Biden's victory, and multiple investigations have debunked allegations of fraud. But the uh, Georgia election officials would take, take most kindly if the FBI would have a look. Because the documentation of threats that that, that are stochastically uh, encouraged by Nitwit Nero grows longer and longer and longer. Uh, the rhetoric in against the judges in Colorado is horrible, ugly, violent. The personal information, the phone numbers, and addre- addresses of the Colorado Supreme Court justices, the four who ruled against Nitwit Nero, are uh, being made public in the slimy, seedy corners of the right wing online universe. Daniel Jones, president of Advanced Democracy, uh, that's a nonprofit uh, PIRG, P I R G, Public Inst- Interest Research Group in D.C., said, uh, we saw trending the terms insurrection and civil war really within hours of the Colorado decision. The, the nastiest of them are to be found on Gab, Tripe Social, and Patriots.win. But it can also be found over on Shitter. Catherine Kennelly, uh, who is with uh, Strategic Dialogue US, that looks at the online threat landscape, said we're seeing the normalization of violent rhetoric, the dehumanization, this idea that democracy is broken. What a holiday season, huh? And then, yesterday, in the midst of all the goofiness, I really didn't get around to the horror that unfolded in Prague. The American disease has found its way to the Czech Republic. A student murdered 14 people at the uh, university in Prague. injured more and you had to drill down into the into into the story a good bit before you would find note that uh, the killer was well in the United States would be that problem child of the National Rubble, let me, Rifle Association he was a lawful gun owner yeah. let the FBI visits bloom Flavio says I think if the FBI pays a visit to all those people threatening the Colorado Supreme Court that will put an end to that shit really quickly one hopes um, oh thank you to Texas Tea Texas Tea got us started on the uh, ho 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 George Santos Claus Challenge, courtesy of Cat. So there's hundred and ninety to go on that. Thank you, Texas T. And and thanks for going and finding the you know, Scott's Christmas nightmare. That was that was something. I I really appreciated you sending that in. Leah in New York observes. The SCOTUS non-decision. They know that ruling for Trump is a ruling against the Constitution. They know that ruling against Trump is unacceptable to the Thomas Court. Sorry, Roberts Court. Uh, I think you got it right the first time, Lee. The supreme cowards of the United States essentially said, can we ignore this and hope it goes away? I mean, they can ignore it, but it's not going to go away. The only people who can make it go away are they themselves. And if they do that, well, heaven help the Mariner and us. Uh, CNN caught Fonnie Willis on camera recently and uh, asked her about the, on, uh, the, the progress of the case against Nitwit Nero and his 18 minions. And Fonny Willis was unsparing in her remarks. Good for her.
2: I know that in the media and even in the world, we like instant gratification. The judicial process is a long process, and so we'll be here with that case for a while.
3: When I get asked that I'm covering this story, many people say, you know, the former president's already gone to jail. Will he see prison time? What do you think about that?
2: Um, I think that everyone in society is the same, and I don't know why that's such a difficult concept for people. Um, you can look at the charges, and based on those charges, we'll be recommending appropriate sentences. No one gets a special break because of their status.
1: That's encouraging. No one gets a break because of their status. It sounds like maybe she'd like, if she gets a conviction, she'd like to see uh, all the guilty parties do hard time I still think putting him in the cell next door to the guys who murdered Ahmad Arbery would be appropriate they could sit there and have a little racist meeting for the rest of their lives behind bars But that cart is way out in front of the horse at this point. Uh, Flavio notes uh, uh, regarding a friend, a mutual friend, Faith. Uh, she said in regard to the uh, to the uh, people barking and grunting about legal rulings against Nitwit Nero, my favorites are the ones who hand ring over. They should be decided in an election. When we did have an election that they tried to overthrow. Uh, yeah, that's uh, that's definitely a, a thing. They did try to over did, and they'll try to overthrow him, overthrow the election the next time he loses. And <laughs> God, I love this. Oh, what an asshole he is. Nitwit Nero had a, a, a talkie talk with Hugh Hewitt. And uh, Hugh tried to rehabilitate him on the fact that he almost quoted Adolf Hitler word for word with the poisoning the blood language. Damage control. Damage control. Whoop, whoop, whoop. And as President Biden pointed out, he's pretty much doubling down. Jesus. So but you no, you mean nothing done. racist by that? Because your critics keep saying,
3: "Oh, he wants to be Hitler. He's talking about poisoning our blood. He's trying to be a Nazi." How do you
4: respond to these people?
5: First so of all, I know nothing about Hitler. I'm not a student of Hitler. Uh,
6: I never read his works. They say that he said something about blood. He didn't say it the way I said it either, by the way. It's a very different kind of a statement. Yeah, he said it in What German. I'm saying when I talk about people coming
4: into our country is they are destroying our country. This country is, we have prisoners coming
5: in, we have mental patients coming in by the thousands, really by the millions, because you take a look. I believe the number will be 15 million people, maybe more than that, by the time this... Lunatic leaves office.
1: A hundred and fifty million. A jillion. The whole planet is coming here. Oh. One of these days they're going to take crazy old Grandpa Maga. It's somewhere where he can't talk like that in public anymore, but they haven't worked out the mechanics of it yet. Uh, and then there are the the goons who think that he is literally the chosen one. The Boston Globe with an article today in which... Uh, maggots are quoted like 63 year old Iowa resident Joni Furkins. no really uh, it, Joni has a religious take on her orange god emperor I believe Trump is appointed by God appointed slash anointed however you want to say it He's the only one who's speaking the truth. He can be a dictator for a day. Hello? He's going to shut the border and he's going to start drilling. We're going to get our prosperity back. I guess Joni doesn't know anything about the old economy in the last three years or so, four years. Uh, no. Linda J. Hahn of Iowa, 76 years old. I pray he does get back in, because if we don't, we're going under. Uh, you can translate from that, that from the original white Iowa to brown people. <laughs> Or Carolyn Noble, 60 years old. Oh, honey, you're a 1963 woman. Damn. Yeah, Carolyn Noble is 60. She's a Mainer. She said, people who hide and want to keep secret and cover up the truth, those are the ones we really need out of office, and I think that's what Trump's trying to show us. Sounded like she was from North Dakota there. Hmm. My Mainer's a little off today. God, these people. But another piece of news has broken. Um, Because another recording has come out. The story came out yesterday that this recording uh, demonstrates nitwit Nero arm-twisting two, at least two maggots in Michigan. Uh, Heidi Prisbilla at Politico said, Oh, there's a recording. Uh, we still don't know exactly what happened in this unusual meeting in which Trump summoned Michigan GOP leaders to the Oval as he sought to subvert the will of the people. Michigan was poised to certify the vote. Journalist Bill Gruskin said, uh, but we were told that Trump was just a hapless conveyor of legal advice from his excellent attorneys. He also said he just wanted to get the facts correct. So if we have this right, Trump is jabbering away, incriminating himself in federal crimes to a couple of election canvassers who are sitting in a car on a November evening while other people are hopping into the vehicle. Uh, Down Atlanta way. Uh, Law professor Anthony Michael Christ said this is potentially important for the Georgia case where fellow call participant Ronna McDaniels is uh, that's Ronna Romney McDaniel is on Fonnie Willis's witness list. Oops. Uh, That's right. Ronna's in the soup now the new recording says that both she and nitwit nero called the two canvassers and tried to arm twist them into not certifying the results uh, harry litman uh, explained it all on cnn
7: guys uh... jessica uh, lena thank you very much let's bring in former u.s attorney harry litman Uh, Harry, uh, all of this sounds eerily reminiscent. Uh, What do you think about this new recording and how significant that could be for prosecutors? Uh, Folks like the special counsel, Jack Smith, what do you think?
6: Yeah, I think that's exactly right. It really is of a piece, as you said, Jim, with the infamous phone call to Raffensperger. One key difference, these two uh, canvassers, one has since died. Played ball, they came back the next day, tried to rescind their votes, never did sign, and then said publicly this call from the President of the United states uh, they didn 't quite remember what was said; they think he was just congratulating them on their on their good work, so it really is uh, here one where he w- he was successful, but it didn 't keep them from certifying the election It is it feeds totally into jack smith's Uh, Case which already concerns Michigan. This call is not in there, but we have to expect they have it. In addition, it's a state crime almost certainly because Michigan law prohibits bribery, getting a public official to try not to do their duty by offering something of value. Here, that would be a lawyer uh, because uh, they knew, everyone knew it would be needed. So this is uh, hot water all around.
7: Yeah, that's, wow. really, that's really interesting. Yeah. And you do hear some of the same defenses, right? We've heard this from the Trump team. This is just part of his presidential duties, calling up local election workers, trying to sway them. Uh, fact check that for us.
6: Yeah, so two things. First, he's getting at immunity here. This is the claim he's trying to make now in the Supreme Court, saying, even if I did it because it was my, in my official duties, you cannot... Uh, 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 convict me or indict me, that's not going to fly because he's not acting as president here. He's acting as a candidate. Ronna McDaniel is trying to say, oh, we were just looking into things, but that doesn't fly either because she is exhorting them not to do their job. They weren't looking into things. They were actually trying to stonewall the, the legal process. But it's important to note that this is Trump trying to uh, claim immunity for this act as he's doing generally now in the D.C. case.
7: And and Harry, one of these election officials talked to reporters about this call at the time. Let's revisit that and talk about it on the other side.
6: Yeah. I received a call from the president. It was after the meeting. And he thanked me for my service asked me how I was doing, there was a genuine concern for my safety with what he had heard, the threats that were that were coming in.
1: Are you saying the president's call had no influence on you recanting your vote?
6: Absolutely.
7: Uh, now, she says the Trump call had no influence on her, but either way, the pair refused to sign after the call, and that's what Trump wanted to happen. And as you mentioned, Harry, there was an offer of, uh, you know, paying for legal services too, which I I completely, you know, forgot about that, you know, could definitely put you in hot water there. And it just goes to show you, I I mean, even all these years later, there's just stuff we haven't learned about what took place around this election. It's just incredible.
6: Isn't that remarkable? Just quickly, that's obviously a lie. And in the same conversation, she later says there was nothing said about the election as I said she played ball and as did her colleague who has since died and it could have had real consequences if it weren't enough for just the Democratic uh, members of the of the board to go forward
7: Harry how problematic is that for her because for instance Michigan is already prosecuting fake electors and then you have and assuming you know we do get to maybe see this call for ourselves or certainly the the special counsel or the Michigan AG gets to take a look at this they'll be able to tell that what she is representing there is different than, than what happened on the call.
6: Yeah, I'll say this. She surely needs the lawyer, whether or not Trump pays for it. But you can imagine, if I'm a Michigan, Pro- Michigan prosecutor and trying to charge Trump here, they are obvious uh, candidates for as co-conspirators uh, to, to, depra- to violate Michigan election laws. And that would be something that a prosecutor would look for them to cooperate against Trump in order to uh, to, to not face uh, serious penalties themselves. And you know what makes this
1: believable? The fact that it's his M.O. You remember uh, during his Clavern rally days in 2016 when he'd say, Get him out of here. Get him out of here. Yeah, if you rough him up, don't worry. I'll pay for your lawyer. Yeah, I'll pay for your lawyer. Well, it's basically what happened in Michigan too. Don't worry; just don't certify the election. And if they try, if, if if there's any charges for it, uh, I'll definitely, I'll definitely, uh, pay for your lawyer. And as to where the recording is, uh, the rep- a reporter for the, uh, the Detroit News, Craig Mauger. Uh, Showed up. Uh, CNN was pretty obsessed with this today in a good way. Uh, So they booked Craig Mauger to come on and talk a little bit about the nature of the recording. This might, hell, this might be more charges. There
3: are tapes. There are more tapes. More tapes. Apparently, at least according to the Detroit News. New recording has emerged of Donald Trump personally pressuring election officials to block Joe Biden's victory, this time in Michigan. The Detroit News reporting there's a recorded phone call of Trump urging two Republican officials in Wayne County to not certify their county's results. Wayne County is home to Detroit, a Democratic stronghold. Trump reportedly called them right after. This meeting back in November 2020, where those same two officials initially voted to block the certification before backing down.
8: All those opposed say nay.
3: There is no reason under the sun for us to have not certified this election. This is reckless and
1: irresponsible actions by this board.
9: In the phone call after the meeting, the Detroit News reports Trump told the officials, quote, we've got to fight for our country, we can't let these people take our country away from us. RNC chairwoman, Donna McDaniel, was also on that call and said, quote, if you can go home tonight, do not sign it, we will get you attorneys. Then Trump added, quote, we'll take care of that. Now those officials ended up refusing to sign the official certification. They admitted Trump called them. Here's how one of the officials described that call a couple days later.
6: He thanked me for my service. Asked me how I was doing. There was a genuine concern for my safety with what he had heard, the threats that were that were coming in.
1: Are you saying the president's call had no influence on you recanting your vote?
6: Absolutely.
1: Now,
3: CNN has not heard the recording, but it could be crucial evidence for special counsel Jack Smith as he continues to pursue felony charges against Trump for trying to overturn his election loss. Trump's campaign spokesman responded, saying, quote, All of President Trump's actions were taken in furtherance of his duty as president of the United States, to faithfully take care of the laws and ensure election integrity.
9: Joining us now, the reporter who broke this story, state politics reporter for the Detroit News, Craig Malgro. Craig, thanks very much for being with us. Obviously, this is a huge scoop, and it's crucial at this moment, particularly. Uh, we only hear, well, you heard it, four minutes of the call. Can I just ask for people wondering this morning why they're not hearing the call, why it's not public? Uh,
0: my answer would be that there is a whistleblower that, possesses the audio uh, of these recordings and the timing of the release and and the ultimate decision on whether to release um, these recordings publicly is up to that person. And, you know, we were able to go as far as we could possibly go working with this person and another individual for this story and Mm -hmm. the decision on whether the recordings will be released will come down the road, I think.
3: Yeah, it's an important point. Why and how uh, the story came to be matters. And I think well, how you did this story, uh, Craig, is important for people to understand who aren't don't do this every single day yeah. um, to in terms of when you heard this. You know, you guys had reported our team had reported as well that a call had occurred. There was the denial that there was any influence from by Monica Palmer that we heard just there. Um, were you surprised or did you suspect this was the case?
0: You know, I suspected for a long time uh, that they had to have discussed the election on this phone call because it was the biggest issue at the time. It was the focus of the then president at the front of his mind, at the front of the mind of the chairwoman of the Republican National Committee. And the idea that they would not have uh, mentioned what the canvassers had just done uh, didn't seem to fit with everything that we had seen in social media posts and in public statements. Uh, Monica Palmer, who you played the audio of of her comments before I came on, you know, she has said, I don't recall what was said in this conversation. So she has provided a little bit of info about what she thought was said, but has said, overall, I don't recall a lot of the details. So mm-hmm. I mean, I think these recordings will fill in some of the details.
9: And that reflects what she told um, the January 6th House Committee Uh, as well, speaking to them. Can you speak, Craig, to the larger picture here? Because this Michigan is part of special counsel Jack (laughs) Smith's election uh, fraud federal case. Can you talk about how this might weave into that? And do you know if he has this recording?
0: I don't I don't know if, if Jack Smith has these recordings. I can't really speak to that. I think that, you know, there are investigators at multiple levels looking into the pressure and the effort by Donald Trump and his supporters to overturn the election in Michigan. And this the, these recordings seem to fit with a lot of other information that we have already.
9: Craig, thank you very much. Again, I urge everyone to read your reporting in the Detroit News this morning. It's a It matters a lot. Thanks for getting up early for us.
0: Hey, thanks for having me. So,
1: I wonder if the uh, prosecutor, the uh, attorney general in Michigan, might want to take a run at this. I wonder if Michigan has a RICO statute like Georgia's. I'm late tonight, Stephen New York says. I apologize if you've already answered this, but I can't help but wonder who actually recorded this and why. Um, it could be. I mean. Wouldn't Ronna Romney McDaniel be a uh, prime uh, speculation there? Because ultimately, every, everyone who has contact with Newt Nero knows that sooner or later that contact will prove to be problematic, toxic. And I suspect a lot of people recorded him. Because they know, even his most ardent supporters know, and the closer you get to him, the more thoroughly you know that he is a liar, and that he will lie and try to and, and try to shift blame onto anyone but him. And so, so, your only hope is to record it, and that's why I. What I don't understand though is. If it, Because it, it, remember, the Romneys, well, uh, Bishop Willard's daddy was governor of Michigan. So you would think it would be someone in Michigan or associated with Michigan. And the Romney family has Michigan ties. That's my best guess, Steve. Um uh, Apparently, uh, uh, Ralph, serving as the Horn Ad Hoc Michigan RICO Research Department, uh, sent me a a link to a, um, a law firm in Detroit. Yes, Michigan has a RICO Act. Act 328, originally passed in 1931... It is prosecuted uh, in state court. I don't know how it com- I don't know how it compares with the Georgia statute. Not at all certain. But it's out there. And I have a feeling the people who know they're in the soup are right nervous. Speaking of tapes, however, and this is just delightful, uh, you recall the Ongoing controversy around uh, around uh, one of the founders of Moms for Liberty. That would be Bridget Ziegler. And we've been talking for a couple of weeks now about the fact that, you know, she she's one of these barking, grunting, maggot maniacs, fascist POS, who wants all indicia of anything remotely LGBTQ+. Plus removed from the public sphere, and especially from the schools where our precious children go to school and school. Well, she got, she and she and her hubby, swingers they are, got caught in, well, a threesome, and there's a tape, and in it, Bridget Ziegler, who is a fierce protector of American childhood from gayness was herself engaging in some decidedly less vicious behavior. It got, and and her hubby, of course, is possibly going to be charged with sexual assault for engaging in sex with uh, against her will with the same woman in, uh, with whom they threesomed, the Ziegler's and sheep and wherein took place the decidedly lesbicious behavior. Um, Hmm. There's another tape. According to the Florida Trident, police recovered the video while they were investigating the rape accusations against Christian Ziegler. He was the chairman of the Florida Republican Party. He has since been suspended because he would not resign... And the Florida Trident says um, the new sex tape is just Bridget Ziegler of Moms for Liberty, the brown skirts, engaging in sex with a, another woman. Don't know yet if it's the same woman she was in, uh, having sex with with her husband. You know, what consenting adults do is consenting adults' business. Consent is the key there. And so, too, is hypocrisy. Uh, The uh, Florida Trident says, in response to a specific public record request for that video, the Sarasota, Florida Police Department on Thursday asserted the video was exempt from disclosure due to the ongoing criminal investigation. The video, according to sources, was obtained by police after a search warrant was executed on Christian Ziegler's cell phone And Google account in November to recover evidence in connection with the alleged rape so not only did Bridget Ziegler uh, engage in lesbicious behavior she either sent it to her hubby or let him watch and video it kind of makes you wonder if Christian Ziegler is uh, uh, Mr. Ziegler Mr. Falwell Mr. Falwell, Mr. Ziegler Uh, say hello Mr. Falwell Uh, uh, Becker I mean, the the madness in Florida has gotten so bad that uh, Paradise Lost by Milton has been purged from at least one uh, school district. Milton! John Milton! Uh, Isn't it Milton who wrote uh, and gave the line to Satan it is better to rule in hell than to reign in heaven I think so uh, the horn ad hoc John Milton research department can check me on that uh, other books besides Milton Uh, 673 books have been pulled in Orange County, Florida. And it's not just queer stuff. I mean, they, they absolutely go bananas over Gender Queer by author Maya Kobabe. Kobe, don't know. But yeah, Paradise Lost is gone. Uh, so too is a modern American classic, if modern means less than 100 years old. Joseph Heller. I've read Catch 22 a number of times and i think there are some references to heterosexual sex in it maybe that was just to balance the balance the ledger and proust marcel proust swans way I, you know I, I suppose some particularly advanced high school kids might want to read a translation of swans way It ain't easy. It's not easy the way that, oh, um, James Joyce's Ulysses ain't easy. And it's, if you get a sexual thrill out of it, well, good for you. I've read Swan's Way, kind of. It, it 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 has the it has the density of a neutron star, and I'm hard pressed to figure out where the thrill is that that, that so put off uh, the maggots down there, the brown skirts, the moms for liberty, the uh, Nazis who prop up monkey up DeClantis, Thomas Hardy, really. One of my dearest friends has uh, got her Ph.D. in Hardy. I'll never forget the first time that I played the Monty Python uh, sketch about uh, in, in, in which Thomas Hardy writing a novel is a spectator sport. No, oh, it's another meaningless doodle. It's Tessa the D'Urbervilles all over again. It's heartbreaking. Jude the Obscure. It's also a masterpiece. A literary treasure. And it's kind of a downer. But here we are. Because someone in Florida doesn't like, I guess, impressionable young Floridian children learning that Life was pretty shitty for working people in 19th century at Mary Olde And then there's uh, Federico García Lorca, the house of Bernarda Alba. I guess they ditched that because they didn't want the precious Florididian children to Find out that the fascists murdered playwrights, in particular a Spanish playwright, Garcia Lorca. The Spanish fascists killed him, and they're still mad about his work. The fascists are. Then there's the brilliant piece of fiction by Graham Greene, The Quiet American. Now that's that's thin enough that I, my, my high high schooler okay, Quiet American. Huh, what? Um, it takes place in Vietnam before the war goes full tilt about an American Intel agent in Vietnam there are <sighs> profound scenes of for instance opium use oh dear and of course nobody that the, the the brown skirts hate no one so much as they hate Tony Morrison so beloved although it won the Pulitzer Prize uh, and is a uh, Treasured part of the American literary pantheon. Well, a black woman wrote it, wrote it, and uh, it's 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 all about, ew, slavery, before the Civil War. Uh, the brown skirts seem also to be particularly fixated. On anything that casts fascism in a negative light. So, consequently, Muriel Sparks' novel, The Prime of Miss Jean Brody, had to go. Remember, these are just some examples of 673 books that, uh, that kids, high school kids, can no longer access in Orange County, Florida. Uh, John Steinbeck's East of Eden. Nope, even though it's chock-a-block with Bible references. And then there's, of course, of course, of course, Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. It's, well, it's dystopian. We got, I th- the, the, what, what is the drug that everybody takes in Brave New World? Uh, Soma, Soma, isn't it? Yeah, it's gone. Curiously, 1984 by George Orwell isn't on this list, or it wasn't. It wasn't included. I mean, there's 663 more titles. They provided the list. The Orlando Sentinel did. Sadly, the list is behind a paywall, because of course it is. Uh, yes, uh, uh, Ralph's, uh, no, not Ralph's, uh, Steve. It's better to reign in hell than serve in heaven. Yeah, that's 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 old John Milton for you. All right, yeah. Uh, thank you to George and Corsgold. George just jumped in with Texas Tea, working on the... Uh, Uh, George Santos Clause told me to challenge, courtesy of CAT in Ohio. So that means we are with 190, 160, down to 155 to go. Thank you, George. Thank you so much. Uh, Strawberry Soma ice cream, Randy Radar uh, informs us. Well, I do that from time to time, Ralphs. Oh, Robin, you made me spew my, la- uh, my laugh. <laughs> was that laugh or latte? Happy to help. Daddy Romney, Steve in New York, says, Whatever one thinks of Daddy Romney, I confess I have a fairly high opinion of him. He came back from Vietnam and had the courage to say out loud that Vietnam was unwinnable. At that time, that was a huge thing. I don't think it's the least bit crazy to think that any Romney would relish doing what they could to screw Trump. The thing, the thing is though, Steve, uh, uh, Ronna Romney McDaniel has been decidedly, ah, uh, um, obsequious to him uh, during her tenure as chair of the Republican National Committee. Curiouser and curiouser, said Alice. Oh, there's a counsel for the parking garage story. It seems that other people are catching up with us and noting. Oh, uh, spew your coffee, yes. I, I, <laughs> Hope you didn't get any on the screen, or Alps. Um, no, more people are noting that it looks—it really does look like counsel for the Parking Garage is vying to be the next Mrs. Trump. Uh, I guess hoping that she can be the equivalent of Catherine Parr, although you know Trump's only had three wives so far. Hired a, hired the occasional. Sex worker, raped the occasional columnist in a dressing room. Yeah, whatever, because he grabs he, he, he grabs him by the, oh yuck. And as to the immunity case, this is worth noting. Uh, turns out that at least one member of the Supreme Court of the United States, our most puissant, dread, sovereign Supreme Catholic Majesties has already opined that it is absolutely legal to stick an ex-president in the clink and it's not just any SCOTUS justice, it's Look here, beer-boofing Brat Kavanaugh. He, he wrote an article for the Georgetown Law Review back in the 90s during his eager and possibly sweaty, hairy-palmed pursuit of the cleanest when he was, uh, when he, when he was uh, the, the ward. Of his longtime companion Ken Starr, it was Brat Kavanaugh who, in fact, begged Ken, now dead, Starr, uh, who also turned a blind eye to rape when he was the president of Baylor University. It was Ken. It it was it was Brat who wanted all the dirty stuff in the report. And so back in the 90s, during the Cleanest Hunt, he was positively. (sighs) excited at the prospect of putting Bill Clinton in jail. He, he at the time, said, no, no, uh, the Department of Justice shouldn't pursue charges against Clinton while he's still president, because it would disrupt government operations, but, however it would be perfectly okay to bust him after he was out of office he wrote in nineteen ninety eight the framers thus appeared to anticipate that a president who commits serious wrongdoing should be impeached by the house and removed from office by the senate and then prosecuted thereafter that is an interesting phrase from nineteen ninety eight because one of the Uh, arguments being made by Nitwit Nero's dirty little team of pettifoggers is that uh, to charge Trump with a crime after he was acquitted in the uh, the impeachment trial in the Senate would constitute double jeopardy. This is, of course, pure pettifogging bullshit. They are entirely separate charges. They contain separate elements. And impeachment and trial in the Senate is not a criminal process. So just as uh, Ann's boy, Neil Gorsak, was quoted by the Colorado Supreme Court in their decision, so too... Boof and brat has words to come back and slap him. But here's how he'll distinguish it. If distinguish it, he does. Well, yes, in 1998, when Bill Clinton was, 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 was flouting the laws of this country with his penis, I still would like to see it. He could have been impeached and removed from office, and then he could have been charged criminally, but he wasn't, and he's still free, and and, and Donald Trump was impeached twice, but he was acquitted twice in the Senate, and so he can't be charged or imprisoned. If he does that, when he writes that, or publishes that, Anyone who sees him in that moment will see him twisted into a shape so pretzel like as to make him look like uh, put uh, the, the, the most limber Indian yogi to absolute shame. I wonder if it would. It's okay, it's in the bag. Uh double jeopardy, Lee in New York. The Trump double jeopardy is just part of a game show. You re- see, now hold on, Lee. You really think he's a jeopardy watcher? Cuz uh, I, I see I see Tangerine Tiberius being much more of a uh, wheel of fortune kind of guy. You know, because you don't have to necessarily know anything. It's all just dumb luck. And greed, and greed. Spinning and spinning until you get that bankrupt. Oops. No whammy. Different show. Uh, The Art of the Deal, Lou and PA said... uh, I have to wonder if there are any references to sex or drugs in any of Trump's ghost-written books. If so, let's be sure uh, they're removed. Uh, Yeah. And George in Corsegold, Jim Ladd. SiriusXM is paying tribute to the late L.A. disc jockey. Various artists are remembering their friend Deep Tracks Channel 6027. Peace to all and Lord have mercy. George in Corsegold. Oh, and I had a note earlier from Cynthia referring to a conversation that Tara and I had filling in uh, for Malloy yesterday. Uh, Dreamers admitted to elite universities. Cynthia said, per your discussion with Tara last night where she mentioned dreamers who have been admitted admitted to elite universities with scholarships while whiny-ass white people complain they aren't being given the opportunity. I think you'll find that the dreamers earned their spots with academic excellence that the whiny assed white person rarely meets. I'll also note the intense competition for admission to colleges and universities. I think you'll also find that our population has grown more than the available seats in upper education. So two things. Rather than bitch and moan that entry into an elite college wasn't just given to the whiny assed white person on a silver platter, they should try again while taking a realistic look at their academic credentials. Maybe they could at least go to a junior or lesser-known college and still get a good education. And I think the country also needs more colleges and universities to educate the population who want it. A lot of people are being turned down just because the colleges are full. The application cup is running over, and the available seats for them are a bottleneck. My two cents, and I'm out of the house today. Have a good show. It is Friday, after all. Thank you, Cynthia. Uh, Whatever you're out of the house doing, I hope you are enjoying it immensely. She added, I met a dreamer when I visited my alma mater a few years ago. She'd already graduated from my college at the top of her class. She was visiting the college that day, too, and was moving on to even higher education. She was absolute top-notch talent. Why the hell wouldn't you want her on your team? Just because she's a shade of brown who wasn't born here but came to this country as a young child? Hate her? Really? Fine. And this is just one more reason why I fucking hate Republicans, the whiny-ass bastards. Oh, don't hide your light under a bushel, Cynthia. Tell us how you really feel. And I hope you're having a beautiful day. If you ha- if you happen to hear the uh, you happen to hear the podcast, uh, Lee in New York says no. Nitwit Nero is not a Jeopardy watcher. He just can't stay on one channel. He's looking for the one talking about him. Oh, oops. Cowbell mute. That's true. Uh, The Trump's game show? Concentration clearly, says Steve in New York. Elephant, TV, dog, carrot, candle. Person, man, woman, camera, TV.
2: (sighs) Ah, yeah.
1: And just uh, because it's Friday and we're clearing out the... Uh, the, the, the pile of untouched news from time to time when we talk about Orange County California uh, I refer to it sorry Billable I refer to it as uh, Mississippi County California uh, we have further evidence by an article in the Guardian uh, the uh, city council of Huntington Beach wants to ban any celebrations that are Woman-focused, black-focused, or LGBTQ. They literally, in Huntington Beach, California, want to ban both Pride and Black History Month. Pride in June, Black History Month in February. The ban would make it impossible because it it says that... uh, It's illegal to use town property for any such observance. But they're not just going to take all the fun away. No, 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 no. Uh, They want instead a celebration of the local railroad and surfing history. No, really. Then they want a separate month-long... This would replace Pride or Black History Month. They want a month, I'm guessing Black History Month because of the name, they want a month-long bash to celebrate the discovery of oil in Huntington Beach. Jesus Christ. You know, if they're not careful, the goddess of irony will cause a tanker to spill off Huntington Beach and they can discover more oil Yes, they, they want to call it the black gold jubilee. And up through the ground come a bubbling crude, black gold, Texas tea. Hmm. It sounds like the maggots has been watching a little too uh, too many Beverly Hillbillies reruns. One city council member, Natalie Moser, said... Uh, I want Huntington Beach to be seen as a welcoming and inclusive community. Good luck. Instead, we're thrust into this war, and I think that this council majority is trying to make a name for itself as a model or symbol of the extreme right side of that war. Another city council member, Dan uh, Kalmick, said that uh, the maggots on the council are, uh, well, they're doing some performance art. A hand wave to distract, distract from the fact that they're breaking the city. It doesn't sound like Mississippi County, California is anywhere that anybody who isn't white, cis, straight, and Christian, and preferably male, uh, wants to be. Orange County, uh, California. Uh, uh, but permit me to introduce you to Orange County, Florida. Talk amongst yourselves. And so we do have. Uh, we got one hundred and fifty-five dollars to go on. Cats. Very kind. Uh, Two hundred dollar. George Soros clause. Told me so. Ho ho ho. Keep Robin on the air. Challenge. That's uh, 15 and a half people at 10 bucks, or 10 people at uh, $15.50 or somebody at $155. Uh, Ralph's also has a challenge on the table uh, to the tune of $255. That could uh, actually get us started into fundraising for this past Monday so that we wouldn't be fully, and if we finished Monday, we'll only be a week, a week behind when I get back on Tuesday. Because like I said, I'll be in a turkey coma Monday night. Christmas evening so any help is great help because we are rather badly behind I have been uh, I've been babbling away and I should have uh, long since engaged the uh, or traveled over to over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree that we Sublet from the Keebler Elves, wherein we keep the extraordinary ordinary round table So, uh, if someone, uh, so that the back porch continue after can continue after the program's off the air, uh, if someone could kindly uh, connect me in to the into the uh, holler tree, we'll get Friday on the front porch. Up and running. And uh, there's Roger with his camera on. There's there the, goes the camera. Hi, Roger.
10: Uh, I'm, I'm still working on getting myself totally connected
1: here. Okay, and my cord is being weird. Hopefully you're in there now. Now I realize it's the Friday before Christmas and I don't know, people may be out tripping the light fantastic or seeing the lights, but uh, what jump on in for the conversation. I look forward to this all week long. Okay, yeah, I've got you I've got you through the board. So you were pruning roses today, Roger?
10: Yeah. Uh, I realize it's the Friday before Christmas. Oh, God. More problems. Um, yeah, it was uh, kind of a nice day, and uh, I've got a couple of roses that I need to deal with. One's a Fourth of July rose that's right up against the neighbor's fence, and I don't know what the hell fertilizer he puts through his drip irrigation system, but it's trying to compete with my beans. And uh, then the next door neighbor on the other side, he died, and she doesn't do any yard work, and I've talked to her, and so I'm taking over the the roses that are right along the where we park the cars, you know, out in front of the house. So I'm cutting those back for her too, you know. Just but you know, this time of year in the Pacific Northwest, if you don't uh, take advantage of non rainy short periods during the winter you end up with way too much to do come uh come springtime so i just try to you know do putter here putter there do a little bit now a little bit later and my trailer out in the front yard is ready to go to the the compost recycling place and i just keep adding stuff to it adding stuff to it and pretty soon it'll be full and then i'll go course it is an eight by ten foot trailer so it can uh, take a while to fill it up
1: yeah that might take a little bit but uh, so these these are just rose bushes that are i mean they're not in bloom in december are they
10: oh no they're they're all uh i I am harvesting a few of the uh uh rose hips and scooping them out you know that kind of stuff but uh, no these are just your usual uh if you live in some place that you know, people like to grow roses, and they do well. They just <clears throat> grow up and grow up and grow up. and if you don't prune them back down, they get all tangled, and they don't bloom as nice, and all that kind of stuff. So it's just kind of maintenance. <clears throat> and uh, the next door neighbor, uh, he just cut them back down a little bit, but never took out any of the dead stuff. So they're they're a little more complicated to prune right now, and get rid of the dead stuff. But I got to get a pair of lumping shears too, because when, when the stalks get as big around as my thumb they're the little hand uh, trimmers it takes a lot more strength than I've got so I get to, I'll get a pair of lopers and then I'll be able to put the point down deep into the, the vine and get out some of these humongous stalks that need to be pruned out. <clears throat> but the nice thing is no, almost no matter if you got talking established roses here if you've got a really established bush your root structures, All good. And even if you prune it down a whole lot in the dormant period, which is now, uh, when it comes back, there's all that root system down there to put new growth out. They just bounce back incredibly. So, you know, it's just one of those things that, you know, it's kind of do. It'll be a nice pretty display when they blossom in June and July.
1: Oh, it sounds like they'll just be absolutely lovely. Yeah, they are. Uh, and, uh, no i was gonna i was gonna ask you uh how the sale of all the goodies went uh with your uh, uh, cannon club
10: well it did did quite well actually but uh i honestly believe we did so well because my wife uh decided that she was going to put two jars of whatever's into each person's stocking and let's see there's like ten stockings hanging on, maybe eight stockings hanging on the fireplace. So uh, she bought a bunch. Uh, your lemon curd is sitting here, uh, right here on the counter. Uh, not the counter, my desk. And I've got to come up with some other stuff to put in a box to get it to you. The the kraut juice I'd saved and had in a, if it fits, it ships box. Uh, I don't know, a couple of months back, she came I came into the kitchen. He said, what are the nose jars? I went, I don't know. So she opened them and threw them away, and then I walked back into the hot tub room, which is not turned on, and uh, <clears throat> saw the empty, if it fits, at chips box, and realized, came back to the kitchen and said, did you get those two jars out of that, if it fits at ship's box? And she went, yeah. And I said, well, shit. So anyhow, your sauerkraut juice this year got poured down the drain.
1: Oh, no. Uh, uh,
10: There'll be more this next spring, so it might be a while before you get your lemon curd to, to put it in the box because I want to make sure that the box gets reasonably full before I throw in the altar chips to use as packing peanuts and ship you off a present. So, anyhow, it'll get there
1: eventually. Well, I'm looking forward to it. Thank you so much.
10: And I'll uh, – I don't think I'm making any hot sauce this year, that, that ahi amarillo sauce.
1: God, that stuff is so, so good.
10: <clears throat> but next year, I'm, I'll make sure I do that. But this will have to be shipped off before the, the next one. Have you ever had uh, garlic fermented uh, – uh, sorry, honey fermented garlic or shallots? No. Well, maybe I'll
1: That's, fill up a jar. Of- that sounds amazing.
10: When I, when I decant the ones I've got going. Have you also ever had uh, salt-cured lemon?
1: That I have, yes. Okay. I'm, in fact, I'm, oh, it was probably 20 years ago or so, I bought a gallon jar of dill pickles and put the pickles elsewhere because I wanted the gallon jar and did a whole thing of cured lemons. So
10: I've got about two quarts. Well, one quart jar and then two pint jars. That I'll probably decant and put into.
1: Those are wonderful. E- they bring such a flavor.
10: Pints, half pints, pints, because you know, that, I mean, they're so high in acid, nothing can, nothing can grow in them.
1: Right. They, but, uh, yeah. Uh, they can't go bad.
10: No. Oh. So, anyhow, uh, that's sort of what's hat. Well, the other thing that I found out, uh, my son, the oldest one. We've been on his uh, cell phone plan for quite a while through Verizon, and he's on a limited data, and he's he absolutely unglued when anybody starts using too much data. Well, my wife went and got a new phone yesterday, day before, and in transferring everything over, we left the, the store, and apparently it started using data to download apps and communicate, all that kind of bullshit. So, wife gets a phone call. You're using too much data. It's going to cost me money. So I went down to the Verizon store today to find out what it would cost for her and I to simply say, screw son and plan and rest that bullshit and just get our own plan. Well, it turns out that Verizon's got a deal going whereby with four lines, We can go unlimited data on all four lines, and with my veteran discount, which he's been using, which is 15% every month on his bill, but it comes out to a $40 credit, $10 per phone, so $40 for the four of us. Unlimited 5G connectivity is going to be $2 a month less on going to unlimited data than what he's got going right now with limited data. Uh, Don't understand it. Wow, But that's what it is. It'll be $142 a month for four phones with unlimited data. And he's paying 145 now <laughs> with, as I say, limited data.
1: That's just bizarre.
10: Now, was it you who uh, came up with the tidbit that the Supreme Court has decided not to fast track?
1: Well, I mean, that was the order that they entered today. Yes. Yeah. OK.
10: I was wondering whether I heard it from you or whether I heard it from somebody else.
1: Well, it's all over the well, place. I mean,
10: well, I was listening while I was pruning roses because, you know, uh, but sometimes it did Kind of screws up on. Well, did I hear that just an hour ago, or was it two hours ago? Kind of, kind of number. That's all. It, it was if you, if it weren't you, I was going to tip you to it and let you pontificate.
1: Well, I can't pontificate because they won't let girls be the pope. But yes, I get your meaning.
10: Well, at least the pope has now said that the, you know, the, the Catholic Church can bless same-sex relationships.
1: Yes. Yes. Yeah.
10: So I mean, you know, this
1: a step the forward. The church
10: is progressing a little bit.
1: Yeah, in another uh, thousand years, slow, if, it's but... still, yeah, if in, another, in another thousand years, if it still exists, um, they might even let women be priestesses. Yeah. I mean, what's a, what's a thousand years more or less? Yeah. Blink of an eye. Exactly. Uh, let's uh, uh, Somebody just came in on the stress line as opposed to the Skype. Let's find out who, who's on the front porch via uh, Sprint telephony or T-Mobile telephony. I'm sorry. Un- I had the wrong unpaid product placement there for a moment. Hey, welcome to the program. Hi, Robin. Hi, Roger. Theo here. Hey, Theo. Hey. How you all doing? Good. You and, you, you and Roger are practically neighbors. I guess. Uh, yeah, he's just down in Eugene.
4: In fact, we'll be down there on uh, actually over Christmas Eve, Christmas night, Christmas morning because Leah has family there and we're going to go down and do a, a thing. Um, I'm still working on Christmas. It was just too long living with a non practicing Jewish woman who uh, her family were kind of religiously divided, indifferent, open minded. I don't know how the hell you put it. I love them dearly, but getting a read on that and on how they celebrated the holidays was a it was a challenge.
2: Hello? Oh,
10: yes. A lot a lot of Jewish people I know put up a Hanukkah Bush. Um
4: yeah, Gail Blesser was not exactly there. So it was, a, it was a challenging situation. But yeah, I, I heard Roger talking about it's not raining yet. And I just escaped the house and left it to the cats and went out and checked on, on drainage in some places not far from our, and on a runoff creek near our, our housing uh, just to make sure that we weren't going to flood or something. Oh, golly. Yeah. Or something.
1: Yeah, you don't need that any um, time of year, let alone this one.
4: Well, we've had a we've had a few close calls, and part of the one of the, the runoff channels actually, it's a, it's more it's than a pipe. Now it's a sort of underground collapsing thing. Um, and county people throw a couple of bags of cement down there, say, "Well, the water runoff will harden that up, and that'll." do it except that it doesn't and i hear somebody coming home so i kind of need to get going but i want to say hi to you sellers and to the whole horn family and wish everybody the best of 2024
1: and the very best to you theo definitely take care
10: before you run theo we need to exchange numbers somehow and uh Try to touch up. while well, you touch bases while you're here in Eugene. I live fairly close to Otzen Stadium.
1: I don't know where you okay. to be.
4: No. Well, we'll we will sort something uh, out. Of, I would uh, love uh, to one actually one
1: of you se- one of you send me uh, Roger send me your phone number and I'll provide it to Theo. All right. Yeah. Email it to me. Okay. Sound good, Theo? Yeah.
4: Sounds excellent. Um,
1: Talk to you both later. Take care, everybody. Have the happiest holiday weekend, Theo. Bye now. I love it when we get little mini horn ends like that. I I think that's just wonderful. Uh, Okay. Uh, Darlene in Connecticut with a message. Uh, Blink of an eye, easy to say when you're a guy. I just came up with that rhyme. Cowbell, please. Cowbell, Darlene. Uh, as, to the, uh, as, to the, as to the Supreme Court's order today that you mentioned, Roger, and I mentioned, uh, Steve in New York, who said that his uh, Internet is sketchy and he keeps losing the program. We're not buffering or anything here. I, I don't know why, but uh, uh, Steve said, uh, I'm going to log off. I wanted to log in to say hi at least. Most importantly, a very happy Christmas to you all. For some reason, the more I hear happy Christmas as opposed to merry Christmas, I like happy Christmas better if anyone cares. We do care, and you know it's my little it's it's, it's my little bit of uh, subversive re- refusal to bow the knee to the merry Christmas crowd. Uh, I say uh, happy Christmas and merry New Year. The Salvation Army bell ringer was positively uh, forceful when I walked into the Wally World last week, and he said uh, Merry Christmas, and, uh, yeah. same to you, and as I walked out, I looked at him and said, Happy Holidays, and he said, Merry Christmas! How these people, these people? Uh, But no, uh, as to the Supreme Court, uh, Steve said, and I think he said, (laughs) uh, as to the ruling, at least they're being honest about how bought they are. True, true. And I've got the number there, and I will provide that in th- the address, and I will provide that to Theo. Thank you, Roger. Good
10: enough. I, I wasn't sure that that address was good, so I was getting ready to send it via contact the program.
1: No, that, that worked. Whatever. It came through. It came through. Okay. Uh, it being Christmas and all, it's uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. Uh, uh, Pastor... uh, uh, 63-year-old gospel-sharp David Grisham uh, went walking up and down the sidewalk outside of Osuna Elementary School in Albuquerque. He was carrying a sign, because he's a dick, saying, Santa is fake, Jesus is real. And parents went up to him and confronted him. Good for them. Uh, the, the gospel sharp David Grisham said, hey, this is a great way, trust me. Jesus said, go into all the world, including elementary, and preach the gospel to every preacher. Um, no, 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 I don't think Jesus ever even, uh, even in, in your uh, red-lettered version of the King James version, we all know that God spoke Uh, Elizabethan English. Um, The word elementary doesn't ever appear. And apparently because he's some sort of tax-exempt dodge, this asshole has been going around the country doing this for years. Uh, The week previous to his appearance in Albuquerque... He should have taken the left turn. Uh, He was at a school in Amarillo, Texas. And the principal said it's part of a nationwide movement. Hannah Myers being the principal said, While I respect freedom of speech and religion, I am saddened that some individuals think it's okay to elevate their beliefs by taunting children. No public display that frightens or traumatizes our students, staff, or members of the community is acceptable. Of course, he would probably sue and run off to the Supreme Court, defended by the Alliance demeaning freedom. And they'd say, he has an absolute right to traumatize children. Because it's a... Amen, Roger, he should go to the Everglades and preach to the alligators in the swamp. Oh, gonna rat me out to billow, are you? Jeremy? Sure. Yeah, tell... Yeah, you, you drop the dime on me to the falafel, man. I'll post this to the shower. I'll give you a glass of wine and rub you down with a falafel.
2: Woo-wee!
1: Uh, Elementary, uh, Lee in New York says, I'm sure it's in the Bible. Doyle edition. (laughs) And the New York Times this week, honest to goodness, published an editorial. Sometimes their editorial page writers are just... I don't know. I don't know the the brown acid. Who knows? But uh, Matthew Schmitz wrote an editorial in the Times, and still has a job. Um, Matthew Schmitz said. Um, Trump's term in office was frequently chaotic, and the chaos seemed to culminate in the Capitol riot of January 6, 2021. And went on to say that he was rhetorically excessive, but a moderate as a... Moderate? The, The Times and Schmitz got absolutely savaged. Uh, and accused of bad faith gaslighting. What gets. Sometimes they just. They they, they get. Uh, overwhelmed by their both siderism. Is that it? And uh, it's, it, it was nice to see recently, after the great kerfuffle over the university presidents, you know, MIT, Penn, and Harvard, who uh, were called to, to be used as stage props for Elsie Stupidnik. Uh, she got a proper dressing down from one of my favorite members of the House, namely Jamie Raskin, who was also Jewish. He said, uh, uh, speaking to Ali Velshi at MSNBC, where does Elise Stefanik get off lecturing anybody about anti-Semitism when she's the hugest supporter of Donald Trump who traffics in anti-Semitism all the time? She didn't utter a peep of protest when he had Kanye West and Nick Fuentes over for dinner. The Republican Party is filled with people who are entangled with anti-Semitism like that, and somehow Stefanik gets on her high horse and lectures a Jewish college president from MIT. He ain't wrong. But there's all kinds of things that Elise looks the other way at. She Maybe she wants to be the fifth Mrs. Trump after uh, after uh, counsel for the parking garage has uh, her turn. God. Bad Faith Gaslighting, Lee in New York says... What is good faith gaslighting? True enough. We were talking about the January uh, some of the January sixters. Um, uh, I think we mentioned Martin James Kudo has been busted. Uh, One of his high school classmates in Minnesota dropped the dime on him. And then uh, there's also Charles Donahoe, 35-year-old Charles Donahoe, a former leader of the Proud Boys. This past Tuesday, he went up the river for three years for his role in the Domestic terror attack on the capital of the United States and the Constitution thereof. Three years and four months, he got, at at his sentencing hearing, he apologized to his family, U.S. Capitol Police, and America as a whole. I knew what I was doing was illegal from the very moment those barricades got knocked down. He was president of the North Carolina Proud Boys. And he was one of Enrique Tario's lieutenants, Enrique Tarrio, doing 22 years uh, for his participation in the terrorist attack. And then uh, another January 6 terrorist who has been missing And uh, the DOJ said this past Tuesday, they found out who he is. Paul Kaloya of Roseville, Michigan, uh, participated in January 6th. Um, The government had to go a few extra steps to figure out uh, who he was. They got a tip from some patriot who said, Oh, yeah, uh, that guy, he's an Internet pornography personality that goes by the name God Hypnotic. And he bragged online about January 6th. Uh, The formal criminal complaint filed in federal court said witness one stated that as god hypnotic was bragging about his involvement in the january 6th riots another individual in the chat asked god hypnotic why he went to the capitol at that point witness one said that god hypnotic backtracked and said well i I went to the capitol as a reporter and so they seized his phone got his location data and found the phone was in uh, at the Capitol on January 6th, between 1 p.m. and 6.30 p.m. And he was wearing a red uh, Detroit Red Wings hat and a white mask with, that, with, that ties with strings around the back of his head. Hopefully, uh, he gets what's coming to him. In the photo, he is shown, Ew, God. Uh, and he's wearing a My Chemical Romance t-shirt. Oh, dear. And I mentioned, I think, in yesterday's program, I know, Darlene, with the same thought. Lee had bad faith gaslighting. What other kind of gaslighting is there? Gaslighting is gaslighting. At least, at least, at least they called him out take our victories where we can get them. Now, I mentioned yesterday the uh, ongoing conniption taking place over uh, gay congressional staffers uh, finding romance within the confines of the Capitol. Uh, They were having a conniption about a Democratic senator's aide. The Democratic senator promptly threw the young man under the bus because apparently they had, uh, he and uh, a uh, hookup had sexy time in one of the Senate committee hearing rooms. Oops. But uh, yet while they're conniptionizing about sexy time, uh, it's worth noting the conduct of one Representative Michelle Caldier, a maggot in the House of Representatives in Washington State. The chief clerk of the Washington House released a report of investigation this past Monday. They said Representative Caldier of Gig Harbor, by the way. Republicans in Gig Harbor. Um, her to, to office, what's wrong with them, but she behaved in a pattern of behavior which, in which she lashes out at people, makes public statements that have the impact of demeaning and embarrassing individuals, and is generally disrespectful, and found her to be violating, having violated workplace policies for the Washington House. Uh, she represents a, a district... That takes in parts of Kitsap and Pierce counties and includes Bremerton, Port Orchard, Purdy, and Gig Harbor. She's appealed, and of course, she, being a, being being a maggot, she says, "No, I was the one being discriminated against." Because they're always, they always do that. The chief clerk um, and the office of the chief clerk, uh, Bernard Dean, um, and the report said that uh, it was an effort, her, her claim of discrimination, an effort to either deflect attention from her own conduct, which was the subject of the investigation, or alternatively to suggest that it was because of her disability that she acted in the manner in which she did. Naturally, while Republicans are having conniptions about trans girls in the uh she actually accosted uh, a, a woman in a, in a bathroom at the Spokane Airport back in November of 2022, and that's what got this all going. Uh, someone walked in and said hi to her as she was fixing her makeup. At which point she said, you're a horrible person. We're done. And it went on and on and on. 35 pages of narrative, 52 pages of documents, emails, hateful. uh, And people even ran away from it, you know, left the office because she was so toxic. Oh, thank you, Sean. Merry Christmas and happy holidays Robin please use this for a challenge or however you see fit. I'm so grateful for you. I wish I could do more be safe and enjoy it. Thank you for doing that. Thank you and that was that was a lot. So we're down from 155 to 135 to go on cat's challenge. Um, the George Santos Claus ho 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 told me so challenge. Thank you cat and thank you Sean. Uh, give me proper uh, write to me and give me proper pronunciation because I uh, I don't like to get people's names wrong. So thank you. This may be the quietest Friday on the front porch we've had in ages. Uh, let's see. Trying to figure out. Mm -hmm. Hi, Dennis. It was nice to see you there for a minute. I do not know the answer to that question, Brother Deacon. I have no idea. Oh, what else do we have? Oh, um, anybody remember Chris Kobach? He's a piece of work. He's the Attorney General of Kansas now. At one point he was the governor and tried to drive the Kansas economy off a cliff and into the dirt. As the Attorney General of Kansas, he is now using his position to encourage a county government to openly and actively violate the law of the state of Kansas. (sighs) Yeah. Uh, Because Kansas law says that old ballots from previous elections have to be destroyed. and they're supposed to be destroyed fairly promptly. But Johnson County, Kansas has a sheriff named Calvin Hayden, who is one of those weird, creepy, fascist, constitutional sheriffs who thinks that he has the power of God Almighty because he's the high sheriff. And so he said that uh, uh, We're investigating election irregularities in Johnson County. These ballots were supposed to have been destroyed. Uh, Ballots from 2019, 2020, and 2021 were supposed to have been destroyed by the fall of 2022, you know, over two years ago. And uh, he said, uh, well, my my investigation of possible election crimes remains open hasn't made a charge in two years this constitutional sheriff Calvin Hayden but Chris Kobach who is of course a right wing maggot uh, Christian looney has uh, gone all in with uh, Sheriff Hayden and is telling Johnson County which is the most densely populated county in all of Kansas not to destroy the old ballots and violate the law of Kansas, because, well, they're going to find something. Allowing the sheriff's office to complete its investigation is in the interest of justice and provides the public with confidence in the integrity of their electoral system and election outcomes. Uh, Sheriff Cal says he's gotten oodles and oodles of tips about uh, election irregularities uh, starting in the fall of 2021 and he's still investigating. And uh, he's, he's, he's terribly upset about 2020 and how. Hmm. But he can't quite admit he, he can't find anything because there's nothing there to find. So the Johnson County, Kansas commission Appointed a Democrat and a Republican to observe the destruction of the ballots. And that's when Hayden said, no, you can't do that. They never stop. And the paranoia is um, profound. Yeah. Uh, thank you, kind anonymous internet friend, jumping in on uh, on on Cats Challenge and taking us down to eighty dollars to go on Cats Challenge. That's so so kind. Thank you so very much. So eighty bucks to go, and then we got another twenty-five bucks to go with um, uh, for Ralphs, and that'll that'll uh, get us into funding for Monday. Uh, Thank you, kind anonymous Internet friend. Uh, Some big doings in the United Nations today. The United Nations passed a Security Council resolution supporting an indefinite pause in the slaughter in Gaza and calling for uh, more aid to flow into Gaza. They've been wrangling over this uh, for a week or more because the United States is abasing itself before Israel and had threatened a veto if the resolution called for a ceasefire. God, our behavior and so the United States in the vote today abstained in the slaughter of Gaza 20,057 people or thereabouts uh, have been killed 53,320 have been maimed in some way even the Ministry of Health director Munir al-Bursh has been injured. The Israelis killed his 13-year-old daughter. You know, you, you, you kind of wonder how uh, Munir al-Bush has the will to live. I'm sure at some point in time has asked why they survived But their 13-year-old little girl was killed. Part of the background of the resolution is the fact that now in the northern part of Gaza, there are precisely zero fully functional hospitals. Only four hospitals are even operating at a minimum level, providing very limited care. That comes from World Health Organization Director General Tedros Adhanom Ghebreyesus. Not one of the hospitals are, are, are functional enough to even perform an operation on patients who have been maimed by the Israeli bombings. And the Committee to Protect Journalists said that more journalists have been killed in the first ten weeks of the war on Gaza than have ever been killed in a single country over an entire year. The Committee to Protect Journalists says at least 68 journalists have been slaughtered by the Israeli attacks. I don't know how they, um, I don't know, I just don't know. And now we are down to $40 on Cat's Challenge. Thank you, Flavio, and Merry Christmas. $40 away. So the U.N. Security Council can call for a pause in the fighting and a call for aid to go through, but it's probably not going to come to anything. It's tragic. And I saw a number of people celebrating it, and... This is probably good strategy. It's the end of the year, and presidents tend to issue their part you know, when they're not knit with Nero, issue their pardon list at year's end. Um, today, President Biden announced clemency grants to uh, a number of people, almost, well, I think 11, who've been doing long, hard federal time for nonviolent drug offenses. The statement from the White House said, America was founded on the principle of equal justice under law. Elected officials on both sides of the aisle, faith leaders, civil rights advocates and law enforcement leaders agree that our criminal justice system can and should reflect this core value that makes our communities safer and stronger. That's why today I'm announcing additional steps I'm taking to make the promise of equal justice a reality. And he's signing a proclamation to pardon certain federal marijuana offenses. Uh, some of the 11 pardoned uh, or commuted today, clemency, uh, were doing decades and even life in prison for crack cocaine offenses. President Biden's statement said all of them would have been eligible to receive significantly lower sentences if they were charged with the same offense today. As much as uh, sentences twice as long as they would receive in the present time. And the proclamation will, will address um, marijuana offenses related to simple possession and use of marijuana under federal and D.C. law, criminal records for marijuana use and possession have imposed needless barriers to employment, housing, and educational opportunities. Too many lives have been upended because of our failed approach to marijuana. It's time that we right these wrongs. How many more progressive things does Joe Biden have to do before even people on our side will stop with the bullshit of, but he's old? I mean,
10: why doesn't he just take it off the schedule one?
1: Well, he can't. be
10: done with it.
1: He can't. That well, is then the,
10: tell his secretary of health, education, and welfare, whoever can do it,
1: the to schedule, the, do it. The schedule is congressionally created. He cannot undo what the Congress has done. It's a law, not an administrative rule. But it, I,
10: I, it just pisses me off.
1: Well, it did yeah, And look, here's how weird it gets. None other than Moscow Mitch McConnell has worked because it would be good agricultural policy for Kentucky Stan. Mitch McConnell has worked to get to some extent, it descheduled, and he, he, he you know, like um, industrial cannabis cultivation, things like that. Uh, years and years ago, uh, there was some news because Woody Harrelson had a non-recreational cannabis farm in Kentucky with some business partner. I'm probably mangling some of the facts there, but I recall that. Uh, he uh, Biden uh, continued though and said it's not just a federal or a D.C. problem. He said, just as no one should be in federal prison solely due to the use or possession of marijuana, no one should be in a local jail or state prison for that reason either. That's why I continue to urge governors to do the same with regard to state offenses and applaud those who have since taken action. But I I come back to my question, Roger, because I'm so frustrated and so tired of it. Biden's old! He... I... Look, if he was Methuselah, what, 962 years according to the Old Testament? If he was Methuselah, I wouldn't care because of the progressive things that he is accomplishing. Barack Obama didn't do that. Bill Clinton didn't do that. I mean, granted, Jimmy Carter at least invited Willie Nelson to come to the White House, and Willie Nelson apparently sparked up a number while he was there, because he's Willie.
10: But this is... Well, it wouldn't, it wouldn't surprise me that a lot of numbers have been lit up in the White House bathrooms.
1: Well, you do recall that a bag of uh, 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 Colombian marching powder was found in the White House, what, last year?
10: Yeah, right next to a checkpoint, nobody knows who whose it was, but everybody blamed it on Hunter.
1: Yeah, even though Hunter hadn't I, been anywhere near it.
10: Right.
5: Hello. Hello. It's Flavio.
1: <laughs> hey, Flavio, how are you? I just saw your uh, oh, I just saw your note.
5: I I just want to make sure that my audio is not
1: over loud. No, you're fine. Okay, that's, that's great.
11: And actually, when that bag was found, I do believe the whole first family was at Camp David, so they weren't even present when it happened.
1: Right, and it was in a tour. It was in a White House tour area. I don't know who brings their coke with them to the White House, but you know, uh, it, uh, fans of cocaine do strange things.
10: I'm the same kind of people that get on an air or try to get on an airplane not realizing that they've got a pocket knife in their pocket. Wow. That happened to me. Got to the airport, was about ready to go somewhere and damn, I got a pocket knife on me. I gotta get rid of this. I well, fortunately I was in a place that I could, but
5: <clears throat> I don't I don't even I don't even have a can opener on me.
1: Well, that's one of that's one of the nice things about transition. I don't have to have I don't have to worry about having anything in my pocket when I get on a plane because women's clothing doesn't have pockets.
5: <laughs> hey, does anybody know about this? Does how does this laryngitis thing? How, the, how long does that last?
1: Kind of has to do with how much you can rest your voice.
5: Okay. Yeah. It's. <clears throat> Yeah, it, it's been going on for a while now. It's like annoying.
1: I mean, the reason you sip like warm tea with lemon and honey is it's like it's like putting a heat pad on your on your vocal cords. Okay. The, the it it goes down your esophagus, but but by the same token, it's near enough. It's near enough to your larynx that the heat, theoretically at least, transfers. I was. As a matter of fact, I was talking to Miss Terry the last couple of days. Oh, uh, my big sister's not feeling well at all. Uh, she, Hello. yeah, she she tested positive for the Rona, and I was talking with her earlier today, and she said this is far worse than her first bout. And she she actually sounds worse, and, and I, I don't mean this as an insult, Flavio. You know, I love you, but she sounds worse than you do right now. Hmm. And it's all just like resp- upper respiratory, you know, from the base of the neck up.
5: Yeah, I I, I don't know what <clears throat> I don't know what happened, but um, I feel so much better now. But I got to tell you, I was I was coughing up chunks of lung and chunks of lung. Yeah, I almost want to quit um, smoking altogether because I really almost. like the. Yeah, I know. I really like the the fact that I'm breathing so much better than I was before. I mean, when I when I went into this, I was I was really. My COPD was like through the roof, and now I'm actually. Hey, this is chill. I like this. I don't get my voice back, but I'm breathing a hell of a lot better.
1: Uh, you'll, you'll, I mean, it's, it's, ama- same, it's, amazing,
5: had,
1: it's amazing what happens when you do give them up.
5: Whatever happened, it must have done a rotor rooter on my lung that everything that was bad, that was gross, Got thrown up, and I appreciate that. Uh, I can breathe deeper now. It's really weird. So there's 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 a silver lining. Is what I'm trying to say.
1: Well, if you and if you do quit smoking, and, and people who have quit smoking will probably agree with me, there's going to be a period of time where your lungs are like, "Ooh, let's get all of this." Yuck out. And that. Yeah,
5: made, that, yeah. How long have you? How long have you been quit?
1: Um, I was I, I I was three years quit on September the fifteenth.
5: Ooh, that's fantastic.
1: Yeah, I quit smoking. So co- did you I, go I, through a period was, where. I'm sorry. Did you what?
5: go through a period where everything came up.
1: Yes. Yes, and I'm not I'm not deliberately going after dinner in the Mountain Time Zone right now, but. Yes.
5: No, but no, 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 no. But everybody tells me that that everything and the kitchen sink comes back up. And yeah, I absolutely,
1: like, I absolutely disgusted Brother Deacon Asa one night when I made re- reference to sinus oysters.
5: Oh, okay, <laughs> but it's great because it's like, oh, I can breathe again. You know, it's like.
1: Yeah, and and short like, and short of damage that cannot be repaired when you quit smoking your lungs will begin to regenerate themselves and things that made you huff and puff before will eventually become easier to do and it's so nice
5: yeah i'm looking forward to that actually look i'm down to two cigarettes a day i don't smoke more than more than one or two a day, and although it's it's been really warmer on here, I just you know I just I drink tea. I try to you know mitigate urges.
1: Yeah, COPD is permanent. Jeremy says, but if you haven't gotten there yet, same with emphysema. Uh, but even even though something, there are permanent aspects. Quitting is still a good idea. And Flavio, and for anybody else contemplating it, um, if you go and look at, I don't know, there's some, Flavio, there's something about you that makes me think you're a, a Marlborough Red guy. I don't know.
5: No, no, not at all. I'm actually a lights. I'm actually, I yeah, generic lights, you know.
1: Okay, well, anyway. If you're down to two a day, then you've largely solved the issues related to constantly having something between your fingers. Um, and beating, right. that, beating that psychological aspect is a big deal. Absolutely. Uh, it was actually a bigger hurdle for me than the nicotine. And what I was going to say is, if you're down to two, you might as well take it to zero and just go to the store. They're much cheaper than cigarettes. And pick up a uh, like a two milligram because what I was going to say is, if you look at this, your cigarette numbers, you'll find that every one of your cigarettes probably has about 11 milligrams of nicotine in it.
5: Okay. Uh,
1: my preferred uh, nicotine delivery system, because I still use them from time to time. I even get caught in the ups ones uh, because they will—they'll give you the hiccups. Uh, but I use pouches, and I use the okay. brand. I use the brand called On. It's O N with an exclamation point. And there's, uh, let's see, citrus mint, wintergreen, peppermint, uh, and plain and cinnamon. And you just take one of these little pouches. It's not like chewing tobacco. It's not going to make you yak up your toenails or anything if you swallow. Okay. And you just pop it in the buckle space between your upper lip and your gum. And it absorbs that way. And any craving for nicotine will immediately go the hell away. And so at that okay. point in time, you just got it beat. I mean, I, oh golly, Flavio, I can't begin to tell you um, the years and years and years and the number of times I tried to quit. I wanted to quit, but I just couldn't get there. In my case, I had to have a, mo- I had to be motivated. And my motivation was when my healthcare provider said, "Okay, you want estrogen? Quit smoking." Yes, ma'am. And so you I, would, uh, you know, I smoked my last cigarette the day before and took my first dose of estrogen on September fifteenth. Never looked back, and it hasn't been hard. You were saying, Jeremy?
11: You, you mentioned uh, you saw Dennis in here a little while ago. Yeah. He's been—he quit smoking two years ago.
1: Oh, basically. good for like him! He
11: never looks back. Doesn't he misses uh, it because of a habit, but not because of what it was. Just from the horse he misses, you know, having that thing to do when you're bored or whatever. Oh right, that. yeah. You, the you... other odd part about this story is, his uh, his wife, in that same period, was a smoker. She had a mini stroke. Thankfully, she's okay. Never to the hospital well for it, he said. But the day she had it, she stopped smoking, and he asked her three days later, "Are right, you going to smoke since I don't feel like it anymore?" Somehow, the mini stroke canceled out that addiction.
1: That's wild. Wow.
11: Wow. I mean, wow. she still has some issues, he said, occasionally with certain words. She gets tripped up because of it. But he said, but somehow it cut out the addiction center in her brain. And I said sounds like a mixed blessing then. I mean, yes, it did damage, but it did damage in a good spot for some reason. They can't, they can't figure it out. But she, since that day, she never had a cigarette. Doesn't crave, doesn't look at it, doesn't want anything to do with it.
5: Yeah, you know, it, life-changing events like that will do
1: yeah, that's that's that. not. I mean, look, any 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 addiction issue is all you know. Your whether it be alcohol or crack or whatever, nicotine. The thing is, we're much better at at, at uh, helping people quit drugs and booze than we are cigarettes because they're legal and they were at one point in time ubiquitous. Um, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm old enough that there was a time when I would just go sashay. Well, I wasn't sashaying back then, but I would go into the grocery store with a cigarette and a lit cigarette in my hands. And there'd be yeah. other people and there'd be other people in the in the grocery store smoking, too.
5: Yeah, I remember that. That I remember that in Wisconsin.
1: And early in my days of well, I was, when I was going to visit colleges, I was flying out of Muscle Shoals, Alabama on aircraft that still had ashtrays in them. And I think back, and it's like, oh, that was really so rude of me to smoke on a, on, on an enclosed aircraft.
5: I, I, I remember flying on Pan Am. I know, I know, that that was in the 70s when we first moved up here. But it was like, yeah, he, he, and you get off the plane, and you would feel sicker than a dog because you'd been smoking that air. Yeah, uh,
1: although I, you know, uh, my my I last my, my last really long flight was a transatlantic one, to and from Europe back in 2014, and I got on uh, I I got on the plane in Atlanta and flew to Charles de Gaulle, and by the time we got to Paris, I was sprinting for that you know, get me th- just get me through immigrate Please stamp it. It, it. Uh, it. it
5: was I was. i didn't i didn't smoke i didn't smoke you know because i was a teenager i was maybe 12 or something but i remember feeling sick when i got off the plane i was i was breathing everybody else's smoke
1: yeah but but the addiction is real and so when Mm -hmm. i got off the plane in paris out of the plane um I ran for an exit just to, so I could spark up, Mm. and satisfy my addiction. It's gonna, you know, I haven't, I I haven't flown since I quit smoking, but it's gonna be so nice.
5: Yeah, no, you can't. Yeah, you can't smoke anywhere within the, the airport or.
1: I mean, it frees you up. It, and that's what I said. It. Uh, We're much better at helping people quit drugs and booze than we are at helping them. I mean, you you can join a 12-step program for booze, uh, drugs. uh, (laughs) but So oftentimes the case, if you pop into an AA meeting, everybody's sitting there with a lit cigarette hanging off their lips and drinking coffee.
5: Exactly, yeah.
1: And it's like, I don't think I can be in here.
5: (laughs) You know?
1: I mean, I remember my dad, as he was passing, said, uh, you know what I want? And I said, what, Dad? And he said, I want a cigarette as long as my arm. Wow. He said, I'm on my way out anyway. <laughs> I said, yeah, but, Dad, you'd blow up the room. There's oxygen in here. He said, <laughs> "He said, where I am that. in my life right now, that's not that important to me. <laughs> Oh God! Oh, he had a sense of humor till the day he died. Oh, that's and every great. now and every now and then, I mean, if you do quit so all did, the way, be prepared. So every now, every now this. and then, Flavio, every now and then, you'll just get a whiff of a cigarette coming past you, and you'll go, and your nose will follow it, and you'll wait. Oh, oh, I remember that. But it's so nice not to have my clothes stink. It was nice to what? begin building a, a, a feminine wardrobe, and not having them reek of cigarettes.
5: I was just reading. I was just reading about Dorothy Parker's life.
1: Oh God, that one.
5: Oh, she is so wonderful.
1: Oh, but she had and, su- she had such trouble with uh, with booze.
5: Oh my God! Oh my God! And, um, she was asked to leave Catholic school because you know her parents. I guess her mom was a Protestant. Her dad was a Jew. And uh, and she was asked to leave this Catholic school in the Upper West Side because she, <laughs> she compared the Immaculate com- Conception to spontaneous combustion.
1: <laughs> the Immaculate combustion?
5: No, no, no. The Immaculate Conception to spontaneous combustion.
1: Yes, I know. I, I was eliding the two. Oh, you were spontaneous Spontaneous conception. Immaculate, immaculate combustion.
5: No, but I, I, I laughed so hard, you know. It was like, and, and she had this great sense of humor. Um, and you know how the, the fascists, you know, oh, they're like going after the Jews because, you know, they're they're allies of the blacks and everything. Oh, well, you know what? When she died, um, I guess she dedicated her estate to the NAACP. Right. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I, I did not know that, but that's pretty cool. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> You betcha, you betcha I'm, I'm an ally of the blacks. Damn straight. <laughs> well,
1: my favorite um, my favorite Dorothy Parker quote is, I love to drink martinis. Two at the very most. Three and I'm under the table. Four and I'm under the host. <laughs> yeah, no. know. I
5: mean, she's wonderful.
1: And there was um, and and there was some uh, oh god, there was some just brutal quip that she made about uh, Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> when, oh she went
5: after Winnie the Pooh.
1: It, yeah, when when AA when A. Milne published the, maybe The House at Pooh Corner.
5: Oh,
1: uh, she she hated it. Oh, she hated it. Uh, why did I search in mail? Uh, that's the, uh, I'll find it in a second. But cigarettes says Matt in San Francisco. Oh my God, the gay bars in the nineties. The cigarette smoke was horrendous. But I do look more attractive through a thick smoke in the dark. If you're drunk. <laughs> Funny thing is, I didn't enter the bar scene until after I was sober. I remember my panic when my friend handed me his drink and said, Hold this while I go to the bathroom. I don't think I took a breath until he returned, and I said, Don't ever do that again. Uh, Much commiseration, Matt. Sometimes I look at Annette and I say, uh, Hey, honey, hand me a cigarette. And she'll look at me and say, Sure. When hell freezes over, Roxanne... Thank you, dear. <sighs> yeah, uh, smoking gay bars in the nineties—I didn't have that experience, Matt. But you know, smoking sports bars, smoking any bars—it's—it's—it's—it's it's, it's, it's amazing. Uh, it, hell, I, I remember being in bars where the smoke was so thick it was like—I uh, don't know—it was like Pittsburgh in nineteen thirty-four, or Fort no war years nineteen forty-three. High noon. You couldn't see from one building to the next because of the smoke. There are pictures. And the you know, same thing with, like, 1840s London. The, the word miasma comes to mind. Uh, thank you, Theo. I will pass that on to Roger and vice versa. Uh, Theo says, I'm looking forward to actually meeting Roger. Cheers and thanks. Well, good, good. Um Oh, and I was talking about the Orange County book, uh, the, uh, book banning. Yeah, in addition to uh, Catch-22 and Brave New World, it only stands to reason they went after the color purple, too, you know, because there are black people in the color purple. Uh, Slaughterhouse-Five is naturally on the list. The Handmaid's Tale is on the list. Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison is on the list. Maya Angelou's I Know Why the Caged Bird Sings is on the list. Kindred by Octavia Butler. And Honest to God, On the Road by Jack Kerouac. I guess because it says that, uh, uh, what, uh, um, oh, what's the name of the, uh, Jaffe, yeah, no. Yeah, Jaffe Ryder was in the next room bawling some dame. Um, uh, the son of a woman named uh, Judy Hayes in Orange County, Florida said he's a high school sophomore it makes me feel a little pessimistic towards where education's going right now in Florida well Jack you are an intelligent young man because you're using words like pessimistic in 10th grade and that is why the books have to go young Jack because we can't have high schoolers actually using grown-up words like pessimistic. Jesus, these people. Oh, The Firm by John Grisham. That's out. Uh, Stephen King is out. Jody Picou is out. Colleen Hoover, out. Ellen Hopkins. George, Game of Thrones. George R.R. R. Martin. And uh, Sarah J. Know. Moss's entire A Court of Thrones and Roses series. And it's being banned Fabio in Fabio other did... states, too. Yeah, Jeremy? I
11: don't know if Fabio did it by accident when he was muting out, but he raised his hand.
5: Ah. I, uh, I'm ra- raising my hand because I'm trying to be polite. Okay. Go. I took two courses in college. Uh, at UW La Crosse. Um, Afro-American authors and Afro-American literature and they were taught by the late Professor James Lasky and he's a Canadian naturalized American who participated in the civil rights movements in the 1960s and 70s and became an um, English professor at U.W. E. La Crosse, Gentleman of uh, Russian extraction. Um, but. Um, so I read. Um, Invisible Man, Black Boy, Native Son. Their Eyes Are Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. I mean, I read a ton of African-American literature and it just blew my mind. And the one that I love the, the most, you no, know, I love them all, but the one that I, that just, I need to read again, because it, it, it's so good. Invisible Man by Ralph Allison. Yep,
1: off the list.
5: And, and, he... Uh, My my English professor actually had an interview with Ralph Ellison, a telephonic interview that he had transcribed with with the kind permission of Ralph Ellison, and I wish I had kept that because um, or maybe I still have it. I don't know. It's maybe it's still in my things in the storage, but. I remember reading that, and it was just blew. It just blew my mind. Ralph Ellison was was real. Oh, and and that novel, that novel, I got to read it again because it is just so awesome. You have read it, right? Um, yes. Baldwin? Yes. It, and, and, it's just no, and a the, good bit
1: of James Baldwin too.
5: James Baldwin. Um. 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 Uh. A raisin in the sun by um. Oh, I love her. She, University of Wisconsin graduate. Help me out. Um. A raisin in the sun. Um. Lorraine Hasbury. Okay. Mm-hmm. There you go. Whew. Oh, and so yeah, so just so you know,
1: I'm not an illiterate. <laughs> I, I, no one will ever accuse you of that. Um, but God,
5: this this literature, and they're trying to ban books. Of course, they're trying to ban that because it's the. It's the epitome of the, the black American experience and it's just it's just monumental. It's just like wow, you know, you read this and you're like you're made more human. You understand what 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 it is to be and, and I'm a white person. You understand what it is to be a black person without being black you understand completely well maybe not completely but very close because the language the, the way they just the descriptions you know the I, I that novel I need to read it I I read it maybe two, three times I need to read it again because every time it's like oh I, I missed something you know Because it's deep. It's a deep dive. Okay, I'm done talking. Sorry.
11: I have a question for you, Ron. before you start again. Because I remember things you've said in the past. And last Friday, right before you left, you left with a tantalizing tease at your personal life. How'd that event go? Has it happened yet? I bailed. Oh, you... Okay. 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 No, I won't say anything else. No,
1: it's it's okay. There I one. just it, I didn't didn't feel right about it.
11: That's that's perfectly fine in your case. I understand. I was just curious. Either way. Well, sorry, but good luck next time. I guess.
1: Thank you. I'm not giving up, but sure. it, I, and it's not a matter of being gun shy. It's just a matter of uh, safety.
11: You know, I I. I, I you don't have to believe in woohoo and all the other stuff that people talk about and make fun of, but I do believe to some extent some of that stuff is second nature. And maybe it isn't really excitingness, but people don't listen to their inner voice. If they did, some more of that stuff would come to the front. I mean, I mentioned I knew the guy who did that horrible thing here after Thanksgiving, and he gave me a weird vibe. And I tried to, you know, just put it aside, go, okay don't really know the guy well lo and behold he shoots three people within a week so trust yourself you I'm, probably know better than most people do
1: i hope so i'm not giving up and it's just it's it's really it, where i where i live and the population being such as it is it it would be entirely different if i was in a major metropolitan area but it's around here mm, not so much <sighs> So Flavio and I were talking about Dorothy Parker, and I went and found the original column, the review of the House at Pooh Corner from October 12, 1928. Um, She was not kind at all, writing, uh, in fact, uh, quoting uh, the the book, uh, it seemed to him a good hum, such as, is hummed hopefully to others. In fact, so good a hum did it seem that he and Piglet started right out through the snow to hum it hopefully to Eeyore. Oh, darn, there I've gone and given away the plot. I could bite my tongue out. But then at the very end of the blistering review, where she said, And it is that word hummy, my darlings. It is that word hummy, my darlings. That marks the first place in the house of Poo Cor- at Pooh Corner at which uh, the, she referred to her- herself as your constant reader. Marks the first place in the house at Pooh Corner at which constant Weeder flowed up. flowed F-W-O-W-E-D. Float flowed up. Yeah. And so we about uh, we have about twenty minutes or so left in the program. We're forty to just forty dollars away from meeting Cat, Ohio's uh, George Soros clause. Told me so. Ho ho ho! Challenge, and that'll if it's met, and uh, there's twenty five dollars via Ralphs. If those two can be met, we will at least begin working on funding for this past Monday when I get back. Um, When I get back on Tuesday after my turkey coma on Monday evening, Uh, Roger, I put a I I, I put a request in the chat there. Uh, If you see it, uh, I'd appreciate it if you could help me out.
10: Okay, Uh, I'll have to. I would probably have to drop out of here.
1: Uh, Okay. Well, if if uh, if Jeremy sees it, Jeremy, can you do it?
10: I'm not sure how to get back to the – well, here we go. Wait a minute. There's the phone directory, my Skype phone directory, on um, your old Bob. I think I replaced the old Bob with the Robin. Oh, here we go. Here's an old Bob Kincaid. windows that want to come up, and I don't want them up. Come on, what's going on here? Let me get rid of that window. There we go. Uh, it says something about waiting for Bob to accept invitation. Uh. Mine tells me, well, actually, this, that, the, uh, Image you've there got. There we go.
1: That's okay. I got it. I got it here. Awesome. Great. Yeah. So, yeah. much Yeah, there we go. All good now.
11: Okay. If I hang... What about me? Do I hang up now? Are you fine? Um, Am I in the group? Mm, I'm not in the group.
1: Oh, no. That doesn't... Uh, no.
11: no uh, we went, this, it's a private call.
1: Ah, darn. Okay, I'll hang up then. Okay. Yep. Uh, Roger, you're going to have to, yeah. Because I, uh, I found you.
10: Well, I'm, I'm still in the group,
1: and so are you. Yeah, I know. I know, and I'm trying to bring the old account in.
11: Oh, when I tried, it didn't work. It failed miserably.
1: Yeah, I just, uh, I just messaged you,
11: and thank you. You know, you, know what you could do, actually, Robin. You thank you. Sign in and two, you can sign in on two accounts at the same time, because I do. You could do that. Bring yourself in on the old account.
1: Yeah, I'm trying. I'm I'm trying to find the uh, group.
10: Listed as the the front porch. Twelve twenty-two twenty-three is the name of it.
2: Nope.
10: We need Christopher. He's the tech guru. On my screen, the the Robin Kincaid Horn and the Bob Kincaid.
1: Aha! There, there. We're good. I you yeah, you you good yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
11: Yeah.
10: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The yeah. Yeah.
10: Okay, so now Bob Kincaid and Robin can, Kin- well, Bob Kincaid just disappeared, but for a bit there, uh, both Bob and Robin were in the room. Yeah, Wait a I... minute. Bob.
1: Yeah, let's not say Robin. Bob. Yeah, can we not there. say Bob? It's just the other account.
11: I was,
10: okay. <laughs> I was reading off
11: my screen.
1: Yeah, I see. No worries.
11: Same, same picture, different account.
1: Yeah,
10: yeah same picture.
1: Uh, no, they're actually – the two accounts are different pictures. They are. Yeah, the old account –
10: I guess they are. Yeah.
1: yeah, the old account has pearls and a black sleeveless dress, and the uh, new account has a polka dot blouse.
11: Okay, the top looks different on a small screen. Or it looks the same on the small screen, but I guess you know best.
1: Yeah, and, well, we're not echoing anymore, so there's the solution. Uh, by the way, uh, thank you, Emilio. We're now down to $37 in this mad dash to finish Cat in Ohio's challenge. And it's a very big deal. And finish uh, Ralph's challenge, too. That would, uh, that would, like I said, wipe out Friday and take a little bite out of last Monday. So hopefully. Hopefully. Uh, by the way, uh, banned books, Jimmy in the Great Northwest says, Black Like Me. Of course. Yes.
10: I like Black Like Me. been a hell of a long time since I read it but I remember it as being a very good book
1: we have an update from a case from 2019 Uh, there is apparently a pharmacy chain in Minnesota called Thrifty White really uh And a pharmacist at that change, George Badeau, refused to fill a prescription for emergency contraception for a woman in 2019. Well, he's being uh, being sued, and arguments were had uh, in uh, the Minnesota Court of Appeals in which counsel for the woman who was discriminated against uh, argued the discrimination before the court. Uh, this was yesterday. The, the pettifoggers for George Bado, the horrid pharmacist who should be doing something else, said, I, refu- I refused due to my deeply held religious belief, and I did not violate any laws when I discriminated against this woman for being a woman and not wanting to be and not wanting to get pregnant andrea anderson andrea anderson is the plaintiff in the case she's a mother sounds
10: like sounds like 18 years of child support would be appropriate
1: no kidding Uh, well uh, she's already run she's already won at the trial court level the jury gave her twenty five thousand dollars for emotional distress but she can't collect it because there was no finding of discrimination. And the uh, uh, the uh, 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 head of legal director of gender justice in court yesterday said this was pregnancy-related discrimination. And she discriminated against he discriminated against A- Andrea Anderson on the basis of her sex. She had to drive over a hundred miles round trip to get her prescription filled because this disgusting Christian bigot couldn't do his damn job. I get so tired of this. And and I wonder sometimes if we're ever going to get entirely away from it, get rid of it, stop this madness. And I just don't know. Meanwhile, there's a butthurt bishop in Texas. Uh, Pope Frank drummed out uh, a guy named Joseph Strickland as bishop of the Diocese of Tyler, Texas. He, he got He got sacked on November the 11th. Thanks, Pope Frank because he's a disgusting right-wing bigot. Uh, he uh, is now barking and grunting about how uh, church leaders need to push back against you know the guy who runs the whole church because he said that priests could bl- could bless same-sex marriages. He went on something called LifeSite News. I said, we will not respond to this. We will not incorporate this into the life of the church because we simply must say no, and it needs to be a united voice. Yes, by all means, the religion of peace. Uh, go ahead and tell us about the people you hate. <sighs> he wants a council to address the confusion because he's confused i ask my brother bishops that we all join with a voice of strength and joy in the lord in these last days of advent and say no to this latest document i don't think that's how pope uh, how papal declarations work now is it of course it's impossible to deal with a story like this without asking the critical question. wonder how many little boys he's had sexy time with. Okay, Flavio's got his hand up. Hey, Flavio.
5: Hey, uh, I... Um, For, oh forgot
1: God, to take your the, hand the, down?
5: It's, it's, it's been so long that I... Um, I forgot what I was going to say, but, um, um, well, let me put this down. Okay. Oh, you're fine. Uh, yeah, I, we're talking about, uh. Refresh my memory. I don't know, but
1: you were talking about wanting the FBI to take the threats against the Colorado Supreme Court. Hold on, hold on, because we got an update. The the FBI did announce today that they are uh, addressing the threats against the Supreme Court justices in Colorado.
5: Thank God. A a
1: spokesperson, Vicki Magoya, said. The FBI is aware of the situation and working with local law enforcement. We will vigorously pursue investigations of any threat or use of violence committed by someone who uses extremist views to justify their actions regardless of motivation.
5: Yeah, no, uh, it used to be that um, if you made threats like that, you got a visit from the FBI because, you you know, this is not how we work. This, This is maybe... You know, oh, I, I just wanted to m- mention this too. Um, Bolsonaro is banned from running for office until 2030, and and that decision was reaffirmed if, in in fucking October. Okay.
2: Yeah.
5: yeah. It was in July. July, the entire the 21 member Supreme Court unanimously, almost, you in the majority voted, um, you can't run for office. It's only 30. And, and then that was reaffirmed again, because Bolsonaro tried to use the country's bicentennial for illegal purposes. Now you know that prompted me to think, holy shit, there's more rule of law. I'm gonna say it, "État de droit" in French, "Statuto uh, di diritto" in Italian. There's more rule of law in Brazil than there is here because, damn, that was quick. That was quick. It was like, okay, 21 member of Supreme Court says, okay, no. You know, you, you you violated the Constitution. You you can't run again until 2030. Hey, that's cool. And then they reaffirmed it because he misused he misused the trappings of the of the bicentennial. Like, okay, he went on TV wearing the presidential sash when he's no longer president, of course you know, shit like that. And that's cool, you know. But no, um, what was I thinking? Um, you were saying, what were we talking about before this?
1: Oh, that, well, we, uh, before, I, I brought up the Colorado Supreme Court stuff. And I before think, there, that. I th- well, but I before think there's that. some, I think there's some value in just giving uh, giving breath to exactly what we mean when we say threats against the Colorado Supreme Court.
5: Right.
1: Okay. Um, one is uh, uh, one was posted on a, uh, in a in a forum that's used by the domestic terrorists who attacked the Capitol on January sixth. This ends when we kill these fuckers. Or the other another one who said. What do you call seven justices from the Colorado Supreme Court at the bottom of the ocean? A good start. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. It gets nastier and nastier. Kill judges. Behead judges. Roundhouse kick a judge into the concrete. Okay, slam, dunk, no, slam dunk. No, no, slam dunk. Sl- Flavio Slam dunk a judge's baby into the trash can. These are pro-life Trump yeah, I, people. I remember
5: that. I saw that. Okay, so basically, Fox News is is making policy. You know, is is this is what I don't get? You don't in in a country in a young democracy, Brazil's democracy only returned in 1985, when I was long gone from Brazil. Okay, and. And you can't do that. Uh, you, can't, you can't have a Fox News in Brazil because it will be sued out of existence for, for,
1: for... Right, and I mean, that's a fundamental difference. We are, for good or ill here, so-called free speech absolutists
5: and no you don't get to call the ab for the abolition abrogation of democracy you, you, but in the united you states stop. you do that's fucking ridiculous
1: not if you not not if you're not if you have a uh, an absolute determination to maintain freedom of speech you can't yell fire in a crowded theater you can't say, uh, you, you can't advocate for the killing of the President of the United States like John Schneider did and then promptly deleted it, but not before the Secret Service saw it. But the, the, this this country has a history, Fabio, of brutal repression of people who weren't saying anything that horrid. Uh, the the, 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 the uh, speech uh, cracked down. Around the time of the First World War comes to mind, when Eugene V. Debs was imprisoned, others were imprisoned.
5: I I I don't agree. I I just think it's well. I mean,
1: it's it's not a matter of agreeing or disagreeing. That is the history of this country, of not tolerating dissent, and so and so so there was a so a so there was a sea change in attitudes towards speech. Uh, I mean, there, there there is a long hi- there there is a long history of First Amendment jurisprudence in this country. Um, the Supreme Court has held, for instance, that you cannot compel a Jehovah's Witness to say the Pledge of Allegiance. They said that the cops have to live with it when they get cussed at. Of course, they still kill people. Uh, they've held that the the First Amendment will not tolerate the suppression of flag burning. That's not
5: the same thing as as abrogating the rule of law and democracy.
1: Democracy, schmocracy. First of all, we're not that good at it. Second of all, uh, our version of democracy, as as Madison said in the Federalist Papers, is we're going to come up with a government, we're going to call whatever it is a democracy. We're going to call however we elect people democracy, even if it isn't democratic. And then went on to create the Senate of the United States and a House of Representatives in which the only people who could vote for members of the House of Representatives were white men who owned property including and property included other human beings.
11: Yeah, yeah.
1: So the thing
11: uh, is under this under this form of law, you do have absolute right to freedom of speech. The thing is people complain because there's consequences for the words you speak. No one says you can't say bomb on a plane. No one says you can't say you're going to take somebody out. You get caught saying it, there's a problem. There's a difference.
1: Right. You can say it, but you're going to deal with you it, want. But you're going to deal Trump with the consequences really of it. Sure.
11: Just like John Snyder said what he thought he could say, and when he realized, oh, shit, people saw me say this and they don't like it, he tried to take it back. And the secret service has the Wayback Machine and said, no, no, no. Now
1: they're talking to him, and so yeah, All yeah, he was, mean, yeah he, he was tweeting. Well, I never said that, and you know, there was the tweet. You mean mm-hmm. he's
0: lying? I don't. Ex- I wouldn't expect that of him.
1: I know, Emilio. Amazing, isn't it? Hi, Emilio. Hi.
8: Well, I looked up. It says David is sixty-eight. So in seven years he'd
6: be seventy-five. He's too old.
1: He's too old. He's too he's old.
6: old. Yeah.
1: Well, y'all, Emilio, I'm gonna. Uh, we are. Emilio, we are. We're at the end Emilio, of the third hour, and I'm gonna wrap things up here. Uh, the back porch right, conversation all right, all
5: right, will right, continue. Right, one question.
6: Uh, one quick question. Okay. Emilio, ¿de dónde eres? De Colombia. Hey, onda? Colombia. qué onda? ¿Qué <laughs> onda? Si, me, si me acuerdo. I've noticed. I remember you.
5: Yeah. No. Qué gusto. Qué gusto.
1: No, I got you, know, you speak I, it,
5: like a dozen languages or something. <laughs> no, in serio, en serio, me, me, la, las mujeres colombianas son las más bellas del mundo.
1: Really, you're talking about Colombian Colombian women. Yeah.
11: <laughs> They're the most beautiful in the world. This is America. We speak English, goddamn it.
1: Yeah, I was waiting for somebody to say that, and uh, the, 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 Venez, uh, the Venezuelans uh, would like a word about the, the <laughs> Colombian no, women being no, the man. most beautiful in the world. I'm kind of
10: partial to Peruvians.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know the the, the the Thai and Vietnamese ladies have entered the room too.
5: Let's go,
1: yes. All right. So anyway, I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna wrap things up. Again, if anybody wants to help out, we are $37 from Done with uh, Cat in Ohio's challenge, and that would be a big deal if we could finish that. And then there's another $25 challenge courtesy of Ralphs. So, again, it would at least keep us from being more than a week behind when the program returns on Tuesday. Ferg's birthday, by the way. There's some birthdays coming up. Uh, Tuesday is Ferg's birthday. Uh, happy
5: birthday, Ferg!
1: Thank you. And Wednesday is Tara's birthday. So, um,
5: hey, Bob, uh, Robin, I should say. Um, why is um, why is uh, your former on the? I don't get
1: it. Uh, you don't have to, uh, but okay. I, I but um, I, I do I do need to uh, I do need to get out I of just here.
5: Want, I just wanted to say um, happy, happy holidays and um, and see you next year.
1: Not next year. Next
5: week. Next week, okay. Next week, yeah.
1: Okay. okay, there will be shows
5: next week.
1: Okay. Thank you, Ralphs. Thank you. Oh yes, there will be shows. I'm the hardest working woman in progressive talk. Are you kidding me? It's it, it's it's actually I've it, I, I, I've actually taken Thanksgiving and Christmas off this year. Imagine that, and I'll be taking New Year's off too, uh, just because long weekend. I've done New Year's shows. I've done New Year's Eve shows. Uh, i've done christmas shows thanksgiving shows fourth of july shows i mean i'm not uh, you know it, but really i make an effort to be here and take a lot less time off than most of the people who do this kind of job i'm kind of a john henry about it jane henry yeah but thank you everybody thank you so much and as fabio said uh the very happiest holidays to you all. Remember, the front porch does continue as the back porch uh, once I go off the air here. (sighs) Whether it's Christmas, Kwanzaa, uh, just observing solstice, the lights, whatever. If you celebrate, celebrate well, and celebrate with love, and joy in your heart. TJ, thank you. So we are now down to, uh, well, uh, uh, TJ, you just met Ralph's challenge. So all we've got left of the, of the challenges now is $37. Thank you, TJ. That's awfully sweet of you. Thank you. But do have a wonderful holiday. You all will be on my mind because this little community is absolutely the central part of my heart, and I love you all. I do. Those of you who have stood with me through my stuck with me through my transition, uh, it. it touches my heart in ways that I find difficult to describe. And I thank you. Hell, I even, I've never stopped thinking fondly about the people who ran away after the great purity wars of 2016. And I think of the ones who are no longer with us. Mora, Mr. Stress, Scott, Oh, Scott. And it it makes me hope there is a better place. Because I very badly would like for them to be in it. And so, uh, you know, I don't play a lot of music on the program anymore. But I am particularly fond of one little tune. It is the most secular Christmas song ever written, I think. And that includes... Things like uh, uh, Silver Bells and uh, Winter Wonderland and Sleigh Ride and all of that. Now this is, uh, and uh, if you've been around the horn long enough, you know this is a song by Tim Minchin. And long ago, when it first went up, he said every purchase of this song, the proceeds will go to autism research. And the first time I heard it, I bawled. And every time since, because, well, we uh, we raised a family, and family, and the, fam- the family we raised did then did what families do—they went off and started uh, families of their own. and each and every one of them will be in my heart. There's a reference in the song to my sweet blue-eyed daughter, and I have have blue-eyed daughters, and one I haven't seen in years. We talk on FaceTime from time to time. We love our kids. The holidays are, well, I miss them. Ferg and the babies and his partner down in Tennessee, trying to start a life. Doodles out in New Mexico. I actually asked uh, Brother Deacon Asa earlier if he would start, if he would pull some files from the deep archives, because there are pre-Christmas shows in which little bitty Ferg and little bitty Margie and little bitty Doodle came back here and. I read the Christmas story from the King James version. Uh, I need to. I'm going to go in there and I'm going to find it and I'm going to clip it out and I'm just going to keep it as a file. Maybe next Christmas, play that again. We used to do that when they were little. We would do it every, every Christmas. But I love you all. I do. Thank you. And Cat said, "Challenge met. Close enough. Happy holidays. Thank you, Cat. Thank you so much." There will be some bill paying going on this evening. Yay. Really, yay. So this is Tim Minchin. White wine in the sun. Gets me every time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to our PayPal and Patreon subscribers. Thanks to our challenge makers, our a la carte contributors. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Know that you are loved and appreciated. Thank you to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Roger, in the chat room. Former members of the all-volunteer staff, please know you are loved and appreciated. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Thank you to our news ninjas. Gene and Ann, I hope you're... Christmas is wonderful thank you Brother Deacon Asa head on dot live like and subscribe to the podcast please leave a comment for the algorithms I bet you Brother Deacon Asa is going to be putting together one fantabulous Christmas meal Brother Deacon I uh, I asked uh, the guys up at the Wiggling Pig about that Thor's hammer cut of beef uh, he said he uh, said One guy had smoked one and said, once it's smoked, that big long bone just slides right out. And then you can just slice it. said it was heavenly, if you ever decide to do one. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Merriest of Christmases to both of you. Merry Christmas to the hardest working, bravest people I know. The folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net, 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia. And Christmas Day is the one day that people in the sacrifice zone get a respite from the blasting. It's the one day they don't blow the mountains of central Appalachia, southern West Virginia, eastern Kentucky, southwest Virginia. The kingdom come. God bless us, everyone. Please stay safe. Get your booster. Get your flu shot. Get your RSV vaccine. Wear your mask if you're around large groups, especially maggots. Wash your hands. Don't touch your face. Use your hand sanitizer. Carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. Like Paul from Parts Unknown said, "Hi, Paul. I hope you have a Merry Christmas, you and your family." And of course, if uh, if some dude with a sign and a Bible comes towards you saying, "Santa's Santa's fake. Jesus is real," avoid him like the plague because he is. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. And so Tim mentioned. White Wine in the Sun. Merry Christmas.
8: I really like Christmas. It's sentimental, I know. But I just really like it. I'd rather break bread with Dawkins than Desmond Tutu, too, to too be honest And yes, I have all of the usual objections to consumerism the commercialization of an ancient religion to the westernization of a dead Palestinian press ganged into selling playstations and beer. But I still really like it. seeing my dad My brother and sisters, my gran and my mum They'll be drinking white wine in the sun I'll be seeing my dad My brother and sisters, my gran and my mum They'll be drinking white wine in the sun wisdom. I don't believe just cause our are tenacious, it means that they're worthy. I get freaked out by churches, some of the hymns that they sing have nice chords, but the lyrics are dodgy. And yes, I have all of the usual objections To the miseducation of children Who in tax-exempt institutions Are taught to externalize blame And to feel ashamed And to judge things as plain right or wrong But I quite like the songs expecting big presents The old combination of socks, jocks and chocolates is just fine by me Cause I'll be seeing my dad My brother and the sisters My gran and my mum They'll be drinking white wine in the sun Seeing my dad My brother and sisters My gran and my mom They'll be drinking white wine In the sun safe in this world My sweet blue-eyed girl And if my baby girl When you're 21 or 31 And Christmas comes around And you find yourself 9,000 miles from home You'll know and sisters and me and your mom will be waiting for you in the sun whenever you come your brothers and sisters your aunts and your uncles your grandparents cousins and me and your mom will be waiting for you Sentimental, I know.
2: Merry Christmas.